With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. All right, everybody. Good evening as we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Did you know that 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? So what do you got to do? Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. I'm already spanning your live at the Geico Fox Sports East Coast Studios up here at the border of Vermont and New York, and my partner Aaron Torres down there at the Fox Sports West Coast Studios in San Diego. Could we be any further apart than San Diego and Vermont, my friend? When you said the border of Vermont and I thought you were going to say uh, Vermont and the North Pole. I know you're up there pretty <laughs> north, but I'm, I'm down here pretty south. Yeah, I am in San Diego. Uh, shout out to all our friends in L.A. I miss you guys. I will see everybody next Saturday, but for right now, I am here in San Diego. I can't lie. There's some Aztecs uh, Fresno State Bulldogs fever in this studio right now. What do you do? Are you down there for the football, or are you down there for a little bas- uh, college basketball down there? I am down here because this weekend is my sister's 30th birthday. Oh, Happy, birthday Happy birthday to my sister, yes. who's definitely not listening right now. They, uh, <laughs> I left everyone at dinner. They were out having dinner and beverages and all kinds of fun stuff, and I said, you know what? America needs my scorching hot football takes 
I left the beverages aside. I came to hang out with you. Arnie. I was going to say, well, that's maybe that's why you sound so good tonight. Maybe you had some beverages. <laughs> you know, I want to start off by this real quick on, on a little side note. Remember when I told you a couple of months ago that my son won a year's supply of pizza at college at Kent State um, when he was picked out of like a group of 5,000? He got, what, 52 pizzas, uh, which was supposed to last 52 weeks, but he used it all up in about two and a half months. Just um, yesterday, he won a smart TV. Wow. In, in the drawing. I, th- that kid's luckier than anybody I know. He's always winning something. Whatever the opposite of kiss of death is, yes. the kiss of life. <laughs> are they going to call him the kiss of life? What are they going to call him over there? It's, it's like all the bad luck I have. He's the opposite. He well, he gets all the good. Like the, he wins everything. This guy could pick. He could. I, I, I got to get the lotto numbers from him. Maybe I'll uh, have him come on and give us the lotto numbers, Aaron. All I was gonna say was, are we sure it's? Uh, are we sure it's it's yours, yeah. Arnie? I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just. He asking. looks like I mean, me. Do looks I do like I need, me? Do I need to get Maury Povich on uh, the phone here? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just think it's funny. He wins a smart TV, a year's supply of pizza. Hey, I'm like, why don't you enter the contest that says you get a free year's tuition? Let's yeah. see if you win that one for crying do, out loud. All do right. they have? I was going to say, do they have the thing where like, you go to a basketball game and if you have, hit a half-court shot, you get free tuition? Because he's got to do that. Right. He, yeah, they have a big basketball team. They, they do something like that, but... My kid doesn't play basketball, but we'll see. Who knows? With him, he'll kick it in or something like that. So, hey, great sports talk radio night on this Saturday night. If you want to get in, Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Stinking Genius One. Busy first hour, a lot of college football to get to. A couple things I want to update you on because there are some late scores uh, going on right now. Uh, As we told you, Oklahoma just pretty much finishing off Kansas 55, yes, 55 to 40. Kansas hung up a 40 spot on Oklahoma, and we'll get to that. That I, I had to double-check to make sure I got that one right. Game's going on. Vanderbilt 29-26 over Old Miss. That game is about three minutes left in that one. UCF all over Cincinnati. That's going to spark the debate whether UCF is worthy. Uh, 35-6, still 13 minutes left in that one. And Texas still with a comfortable lead, 24-10 over Iowa State. That game almost done, 133 left in that one. New Mexico State out to a 7-0 lead over BYU in the first. And my Arizona Wildcats, of course, losing to Washington State, 14-0 uh, they're in the first there also. So uh, crazy stuff. But, Aaron, we got to get right at it because I was watching the game. It went to halftime. It was 10-10. Matter of fact, Citadel missed a field goal. They made a field uh. goal. It was a penalty to go up 13-10 in the second half. I was stunned. I wish I was a fly on the wall at halftime to hear what Nick Saban had to say. Yeah, one of his players did say something to the effect of, uh, I cannot repeat what was said at halftime. But yeah, I look. I mean, it's the uh, it's the week before the Auburn game. You can forgive Alabama for being a little flat for part of that game, but maybe the Citadel is just better. Maybe we maybe maybe this is like a, a, a European soccer relegation thing. Maybe we send down uh, LSU after that twenty nine nothing loss to whatever league the Citadel plays in. Bump the Citadel up to the SEC because they had a good showing today. Yeah, you know they had a good showing, but let's be honest. Uh, and I know Alabama went ahead and trounced them, uh, you know, and, and pulled away late. Final score, 50-17. 
But you see, this is what you get when you schedule cream puffs. There's a no-win situation. You're tied at the half, and people are going to rip on you, and rightfully so. You had no, you were like a 60-point favorite. This team had no right being in the game at halftime, yet alone tied, yet alone trying to go for the lead in the second half. You don't schedule games like this. This is why Plank and I fight on Sundays. He defends Alabama. I don't know why, but this is why you can't do it. He defends Alabama because he is a smart man, Arnie. Arnie, you know, you mentioned your son earlier. By the yeah. way, my, my sister just texted me. Apparently they are listening. So again, <laughs> happy birthday. But when you with your son, right? Yeah. I mean, do you teach him work as hard as you can, or do you teach him work smarter, not harder? Working harder doesn't always equate to having more success. Sometimes you have to work smarter, not harder. I bring that up because whether it's Alabama, Georgia this week, basically everybody in the SEC, schedule smarter, not harder. The league allows you to have this week to schedule an out-of-conference game against an overwhelming, you know, against an opponent you're going to overwhelm. Why are we blaming Bama for taking advantage of it? All right, you know, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why. And when Bobo finds the cut of Nick Saban, uh, if you could find the one at, at uh, after the game. He gets so surly. He gets so mad like it was the media's fault or sports talk radio's uh, host's fault that they're tied at halftime. He's like, you know, we don't listen to what you have to say. I don't, you know, manage my team on what you guys to say. I don't care. You know, what does this have to do with anything? What does this have to do with scheduling the Citadel? He's, take, he's taking shots at the media because the score is tied at halftime. I, I don't know how two and two uh, equals four in that situation, Aaron. Well, I was going to say, bad week for us guys in the media. Yeah. KD, KD coming after the media. Don't ask me that again. Aaron Rodgers, what kind of question is that if they asked him if they were out of the playoff picture? Yeah, now, no, that, Nick that's, Saban, a, yeah, that's a ridiculous question anyway. Yeah, well, it's a bad day for us guys. We're just trying to do our jobs, you and know, everyone's but, coming after us. I know. It bothers me, though, when Nick Saban... You know, you're asked, why don't you just say, hey, that was a hell of a half by the Citadel. We didn't come prepared. Uh, we came out in the second half. Instead of saying, you know, we don't, I don't run my team the way you think I should run my team. And it was you guys that say that the Citadel wasn't worthy. And guess what? They're not worthy. They shouldn't have been in that game. You shouldn't even have scheduled that game. This is what we give the one knock to the SEC because they schedule cream puffs like this. Because Georgia played UMass. Garbage line. Like this, there's no room in college football. This was not such a great week. If we didn't have almost the Ohio State upset, this is not a great week in in college football. Well, I, I was saying all week. Shout out to our guy Dino Babers at Syracuse because Syracuse is about as relevant as they've been since Donovan McNabb was there two decades ago. If they weren't having their best year in 20 years, I mean, we would have had nothing to watch today. Now, as you said, Arnie, some of the games got good down the stretch. Ohio State. That was a wild game. There was a couple West Virginia, obviously. I know we'll talk about it in a minute with Oklahoma State, but it was a very uninspiring week of college football. Look, I blame the SEC for part of it, but again, I don't think it's the SEC's job to entertain us. Their job is to do what's best for their schools, and I have no problem if Auburn's going to play Liberty, if Alabama's going to play the Citadel, if Kentucky's going to play Middle Tennessee, all those kind of games. I, you know what? You mentioned Syracuse. I was going to get to Ohio State. We'll get to that. Obviously, that was that's going to take quite a while. What a remarkable game that was. Did you see the end of the Notre Dame Syracuse game? And congratulations! They're fired up about this. Uh, congratulations to Notre Dame. Good thirty-six to three victory over Syracuse. Did you see the end of the game in that one? 
where Syracuse kicked the field goal, a 28-yard field goal, so they wouldn't get shut out. Don't you go for the touchdown in that situation? Don't you say, okay, it's either touchdown or we get shut out? Or, or does it even make a difference if you get shut out? You tell me. Well, I didn't see it. You asked me if I see it. I didn't oh, see it. There was, because- there was 10 seconds left. It was fourth down. It's a 28-yard field goal, so that means the ball's what I'm like the 10-yard line, 11 yard, 11. No, um, not even that. You, you move yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it's uh, like five-yard line. Well, so they kick, g- they kick a 28-yard field goal. Why not just go for the touchdown? You know, with 15 seconds to go on on fourth down. Well, you didn't let me finish, Arnie. I, I was going to say I didn't see it because I turned off the game yeah. because Notre Dame had been that dominant. Right. Right. Uh, it's one of those weird ones. I see your argument. I think at that point you're just playing for pride. I don't really see the point in getting three points. I would love to know if Dino Babers either commented on it or if he will comment on it this week. To me, you know, look, I'm kind of one of those guys. I'm with you. Go for seven there or six, I guess, in theory. Allow your team to kind of prepare for the situation down the road when you're going to be in the red zone having a chance to 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 get a meaningful touchdown. I don't know that I'm as fired up as you, but I do think it does become it turns you into kind of a punching bag kind yeah. of the way that you and I are talking about them right now, right? I mean, that's going to be the conversation on Monday when everybody else comments on it like we are now is why did you go for 3? We all know what happened. Well, no, well not a big deal and maybe I missed out cuz I wasn't really paying that much attention also <laughs> when it was know, 36 yeah. to nothing. But I'm like, why are they kicking a field goal? Unless it's a long one, I go, they're kicking it just so they don't get shut out. That can't be right. You're so close to the goal line. Go for it. What do you, I mean, have some guts. What's the big deal? 36 to 3 or 36 nothing? Unless it means something in the ratings or or something yeah. like that. So uh, I, I thought that was kind of an interesting move. I, I thought, Mike, hey, come on now. Just, just have a little bit of guts. Uh, Let me... Yeah, I was going to say, one score real quick. Uh, DeSager just touched on it when we were coming in, and you touched on it at the beginning. Oklahoma. So your beloved, Chris Plank's beloved Oklahoma Sooners, giving up 40-plus to Kansas. Yeah. One of the worst teams in, probably the worst Power 5 team. They fired their coach. We all know they're probably going to bring in less miles. So if we get down to a scenario where there's, five, six teams for those four playoff spots, I would think this is the kind of result that might keep Oklahoma out. If it comes down to, say, Oklahoma and Michigan for that last spot, I know Michigan wasn't great today, but if you're Oklahoma, I think if it comes down to some weird tie-break situation where you have the same record as Michigan or you have the same record as whoever, giving up 40 to Kansas, giving up 47 to Oklahoma State last week. I know I'm looking ahead a little bit. Yeah, but, but if you, well, 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 when I told you Ohio State gave up 30-something to Oregon State or whatever, you said that it was, was no big one. deal. That was week one. Right, Well, but you told me it's no big deal that you, as long as you win, it doesn't give, make a difference what you give up defensively. But here's the thing, right? So we're now at the point of the season where it's not just about winning. It's obviously about winning. But it's about winning with style. Like if I'm just saying, if in two, three weeks everybody's got the same record for that last spot, and Oklahoma is making their case, we are one of the four best teams. How do you do that when he gave up 40 to Kansas? All right. When we get back, Aaron's going to tell you why Clemson should be number one because Alabama played a, bur- a bad first half. I'm sure you'll tell me about that. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. This is Fox Sports Radio. All right. Good evening, everyone. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you? 15% or more in car insurance? 
It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. He's Aaron Torres down in San Diego. I'm Arnie Spanier up in the great state of Vermont. Uh, it's nice on the t- on the uh, text line where it's, uh, Jay says, Arizona losing while you're on again. Thank you. Uh, well, every time we're on, Arizona is playing and losing. It's very distracting there, Aaron. Well, it's because you are, as we discussed in the first segment, you are the kiss of death. Yes. Your son is the kiss of life yes. or whatever the nickname yeah, is. Whatever the can... opposite is, yes. Yes. It's like the, that episode of Seinfeld. Uh, you know, it's you got to do everything that's the exact opposite of what you've been doing, Arnie. So uh, whatever that's the case, uh, that is what your son is doing, and that's why he has had nothing but good things upon him. I think all your bad luck... Uh, I think he took all he took all your good luck, I guess, which would leave you with all the bad luck. I don't know what it is, but the point being, it's uh, you know. Yeah, yeah I yeah. feel like I'm Charlie Brown. Um, we're getting a bunch of drunk uh, tweets coming on in, so okay. I'll read one of them. This one absolutely just crazy uh, from Daryl that says Torres nailed it. I was going to ask you how low will Plank stoop to justify forty points to the awful Jayhawks football team. This should be good. Well, I can't wait. We know it's a matter of what and not if the excuses will be flowing. No doubt about it. Well, that's well, crazy, but well, he agrees with you. That's right. Well, off the yeah, bat. I was going to say, well, why is he drunk? Because he <laughs> called me smart. He sounds like just a very. This Daryl J. Griffith, I'll say this. Uh, I'm going to talk to the boss to see if I can replace you with him going forward because he seems like a very, very smart man. I like what Daryl Griffith has to say. Uh, do, you, do you go ahead. And, you know, you mentioned about 40 points from Kansas. Do you also have to look at the 10-10 halftime by Alabama and put that a, a knock against you? Do you have to look at all the other games that were semi-close with teams that were 40- and 50-point favorites? Or is it win, and that's really all that makes a difference? Is Ohio State going to take a, a step backwards because they barely won against Maryland today? Well, I think the public perception on Iowa or on Ohio State isn't pretty because of that game, but they can, of course, reverse the public perception next week against right. Michigan. I'll ask you, Arnie. To me, the the Oklahoma thing it isn't that they it isn't just that they gave up forty to Kansas. It's that they gave up forty seven to Oklahoma State a week ago. It's that they obviously fired their defensive coordinator in the middle of the season. This is a trend. I mean, you look at Alabama, you can make you can justify the reasons for Alabama struggling today. I, I well, wait a minute. Just... You could make me do the same thing for Michigan or Ohio State. I think Notre Dame sure. has probably a, a better resume, but I could probably make the same thing for Notre Dame also. I don't disagree, but would you not agree that Oklahoma's defense has not been a problem all year long. And if if it comes down to, because the thing with the playoff, it is obviously, as we know, it's only four teams, and there's a chance that Oklahoma could finish with the same record as, say, a Michigan, as, say, maybe Alabama loses in that SEC championship game, and maybe they are now in the conversation for that fourth spot. And the only thing oh. I'm trying to bring uh, the only thing I'm yeah. trying to bring up is just the idea that if you're trying to figure out okay who is actually the top four teams in college football, I just think it's hard to make the argument for Oklahoma with the way they're playing defense. Oh, I, I'll give you the answers on those two scenarios you just gave me. Um, well, the second one you said, what happens if Alabama loses the SEC championship? Well, they're still going. So sure, if that means Michigan's out, then so be it, or Michigan and or. Ohio State's out, then so be it. That's what's going to happen. And what was your first scenario in that? 
just a Michigan, just a Michigan, uh, Oklahoma head to head. If they both finish twelve and one, well, win their conference. Well, right off the bat, then it's going to go to Michigan because Oklahoma comes from the Big Twelve, which is barely a power a power conference. I'm and tired of defense. that bogus conference not playing defense. It's it, it's embarrassing and it's ridiculous. And it, you know what? It's about time they got punished for it. We almost had them when we were punishing them for not having a championship game. But they wised up. I, I, I'm tired of this conference. I don't think we should reward it when they play no defense whatsoever. It is kind of amazing that uh, a cop in Arkansas could track down Baker Mayfield in the, uh, the, the open fields of, uh, of Fayetteville, but no one, no uh, Big 12 defense could. It was, uh, that was funny video. But no, I, I, look, I don't disagree. And I think, look, there are years like Oklahoma last year was obviously one of the four best teams in college football. I'll say this. I think the Sooners are one of the four most entertaining teams in football right now. But if everybody wins out, I can't make a case that they should jump a Notre Dame, a Clemson, a Michigan into that top four. All right, let's take a look at the top 25. Clemson, the number two, uh, comes in. They beat Duke 35-6. Actually, they were playing at home. Trevor Lawrence, nothing to write home about. 21-38, 251 with two touchdowns. But really, it was a Duke game at the end of the first. It was only 14-6 Clemson at halftime, but you still felt that Clemson was going to open up in the second half. And that's exactly what they did. No problem here. Uh, in this game, Clemson will either maintain it or maybe move up a notch, meaning just getting a few votes under their belt, but they won't catch Alabama. No, they won't. Let me ask you really quick. You touched on the Notre Dame score, uh, the Syracuse kicking a field goal yeah. at the end of regulation. Whether it's Notre Dame, whether it's Michigan, whether it's Clemson, do you think any of these teams on a neutral field, if two is healthy, can actually beat Alabama? Citadel. Um, I mean, they were at Alabama, so maybe on a neutral field it would be different. Yeah, you know what? I I would have to say absolutely yes, considering, and I'm not kidding around, when the Citadel had a chance to go by a field goal uh, two minutes into the third quarter, if they can do it, and I don't care if they were overlooking the Citadel or they were laughing about it, that's not my concern. That means, yeah, Clemson could do it. I think Notre Dame would do it. Uh, I have a better uh, feeling that Michigan would have a better shot than Ohio State. But that doesn't mean Ohio State won't put up like a 30 or 40 spot and let's see uh, Alabama keep up with them. Who knows at this point in college football? I I do know this. I I, I don't think there's 25 great teams out there. I, I will say that. No, not at all. And actually, I thought it was Brian No before us was making an interesting point. Is everyone's put, oh, we got to expand the playoff. We got to expand the playoff. It's like you start to look at some of these teams that would potentially be in the conversation if the playoff were to expand to eight teams. I, I think we're good at four, and I do agree with you, wow. Arnie. I, what? What? You disagree? I, I'm, well, this is where I'm going to have to fire you again. You're, uh, okay. you're a college I already hired basket- Daryl Griffith to replace you. So you're you're a college basketball guy, and you have the guts to tell me you're okay with college football, okay with four, when you're loving the NCAA basketball tournament when they got what 68 in there, and don't tell me you don't love the 68. You do. Of course I love the 68, but it's two different sports. Just because uh, the NBA plays a seven-game series for the, to, to determine the championship doesn't mean the NFL should. They're two different sports. No, but if you're going to take 68 in hoops, you can't give me eight in football? I mean, just eight? I'm giving you 68 in, in, in basketball. I know, but I also think that in basketball, 
there's a wider range of teams that can actually win it. So, like, let's look at the standings yeah, right we, now. We know these one-bid leagues aren't going to win it, but that's what makes that whole tournament is the small teams, the 15 seeds, the 14 seeds, the 16 seeds, you know, the 12 seeds pulling the upset. How do you know if we don't put eight teams in the college football, that's not going to make the tournament that much better? I think it might make the playoff a bit more entertaining. I think it I do think it would devalue the regular season a little bit. I mean, look no. at a team Well, I mean, look at a team like West Virginia. They lose today. Maybe they're still in the conversation. If Ohio State had lost to Maryland today, maybe it doesn't mean anything. If Notre Dame had lost to Syracuse today, maybe it doesn't mean anything. I'm just saying I like the the college football playoff at 4. The only reason I think you should expand it, believe it or not, Arnie, you're probably going to disagree with me, you're probably going to threaten to fire me again, is I do feel bad for these small schools that finish undefeated like a UCF. I'm not saying they could compete with Alabama, but I do feel bad that they're not in the conversation if they win all their games. Right, and you wouldn't have to feel bad with them um, if we expanded it to eight. There's no doubt in my mind we would find a spot for them if we had eight this year. Do you not think that or no? No, I, I do agree. Yeah, I guess my, yeah. my point, that's my only reason for wanting to expand, and that wouldn't obviously be the reason. It'd be so the SEC could get two, the Big Ten could get two, your beloved Big 12 maybe even get two in the picture. But I don't think that most of these conferences are worthy of two teams. Some years, like this year, look at the Pac-12. They might not even be worthy of one. The Big 12 right, might not right. even be worthy of one. The only problem I have with this scenario, if we take eight, I'm worried there's going to be so many repeat games. Let's say you have like, uh, and I'll just give you an example, Alabama, Auburn, and the Iron Bowl. All right? Now, obviously, they can't play in the SEC championship, but then again, who knows if they don't play in the playoff? Or, you know, a better example would be when Michigan, I Georgia played Alabama uh, late in the year, and then they played them again in the SEC championship, and then they played them again in the playoff. You know, you can't play one team three times, can you? I guess they do it in the NFL, though, though. Well, I was going to say, how about Michigan-Notre Dame? They opened the season this year playing against each other. We think it's this big, meaningful game. Right. I mean, we still might see it in the playoff, but it it wouldn't obviously have the same excitement. Same with even in Ohio State-Michigan. As much as we love it, there's a reason that when the Big Ten went to divisions, they made sure to to put those two teams in the same division so Michigan-Ohio State don't play the final weekend of the season and then meet again in the Big Ten championship game. That's how we have it. That's the reason we have it that way. We'll take a look at more of the top 25 from earlier today. First, though, we check in with DeSager. Let's see what's trending out there. What's going on, DeSager? Everything final in the NBA. We'll get it to that in a moment. But first off, with the college football top 20 matchup at Texas, the Longhorns are a step closer to the conference title game yeah. in the Big 12. Beat Iowa State 24-10. to However, Longhorns quarterback Sam Ellinger left with a shoulder injury. Texas led this game 24-3 late. Number 9, West Virginia had lost today. 45-41 at Oklahoma State, giving up two touchdowns in the last five minutes. West Virginia had led at halftime 31-14, blew that lead, and on the final play, from down at the Oklahoma State 14-yard line, threw incomplete into the end zone. So now it's set up with Oklahoma winning tonight. Oklahoma's at West Virginia Friday night to finish the regular season. That winner goes to the Big 12 title game against Texas, assuming Texas beats Kansas. And we already know West Virginia's winning that game, do we not? Well, it's not going to mean anything for for. Well, okay, let's not. We've already seen college football. Let's let's not step. 
I'll go ahead and say it. Texas is going to be the opponent. Texas wow. is going to get by Kansas, the team that scored 40 at Oklahoma how many tonight. Ex- how many excuses is Plank going to have tomorrow night well, about his Sooners giving up 40? It's three straight weeks they've given up 40 points or more. I will say, uh, in defense of the offense, well, actually, nobody's attacking the offense, that they've had eight conference games, the Sooners offense, at least 500 yards of offense in all eight. The last time in the Power Five conferences, somebody did that. Florida State back in 2000. So because they play seven-man football in the Big 12, <laughs> the offense has been superb. But it's just it's kind of like what we've said about Ohio State's defense from the very first game. Excuse me, Oregon State got 35. How can yeah. they? And you know, and Ohio State's had some bad games defensively. Let's say today, Ohio State <laughs> ranked 10th had to come from behind to win 52-51 in overtime at Maryland. Maryland missed a two-point pass attempt on the final play. There is the game still going in Orlando in the final minute. Undefeated UCF, that's 11th-ranked Central Florida, is leading 38-13 over Cincinnati. And early second quarter, number 8 Washington State, a 21-7 leader over Arizona. As far as the Pac-12 picture, Utah did win today in the snow at Oregon. Yeah, I know. That hurts. 30-7, and Utah finishes up against rival BYU next week. And then after that... Maybe the Pac-12 final for the Utes if Arizona State loses a game. As far as this Washington State crew, rival Washington did win today. Beat Oregon State 42-23. Washington is at number 8 Washington State next Friday night on Fox TV. That will decide the Pac-12 North. Really, The Apple Cup, right? That is the Apple Cup. And who knows who's going to win the South because seemingly everybody has lost four games the way that has gone. It'll be Utah. Even USC lost to go under the 500 mark today. UCLA outscored the Trojans 13-0 fourth quarter in that Fox TV game today. Chip Kelly gets a win over the Trojans, 34-27. So guess who USC's opponent is in the finale? It's undefeated Notre Dame next Saturday night at the L.A. Coliseum. So Notre Dame's opponent will come in with a 5-6 and six record. Notre Dame ranked third, still undefeated after winning at Yankee Stadium, dominating 12th-ranked Syracuse 36-3. Victories in the top 10 for Alabama and Clemson, for Michigan and Georgia. Mentioned the Oklahoma win, 55-40 against Kansas. LSU and the Ohio State win as well. As for the NBA, Kemba Walker, 60 points in Charlotte tonight. UConn. And the Hornets lost in overtime to Philadelphia, 122-119. to Jimmy Butler now with Philly, the game-winning three-pointer in the final second. Utah and Toronto got road wins, Clippers as well. Orlando beat up the Lakers. Houston won its fourth straight game. Dallas has beaten Golden State, 112-109. Steph Curry and Draymond Green out with injuries. Kevin Durant had 32 in the loss. Russell Westbrook did not play for Oklahoma City tonight. They did win at Phoenix, 110-100. Paul George, 32 points. Upset in college hoops. Furman wins at Villanova in overtime, 76-68. I'm not sure Villanova is going to be in the top 20 after the bad week. They They were horrible. Against Michigan and tonight. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot to Sega. Mm -hmm. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more car insurance with Geico. Uh, Just go to geico.com or give them a call, 1-800-947-AUTO. And the only hard part, well, that's figuring out which way is easier. Um, Aaron, real quick, just on a little side note on a game that nobody was watching other than me, um, because I'm an Arizona fan and I wanted to see Utah lose to Colorado, which, of course, didn't happen. Colorado took a 7-0 lead. Utah wins 30-7. to But the reason I bring this up, 
the top defender, and I, geez, I can't remember his name, uh, 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 will come to me. The top defender uh, for Utah on their defense got thrown out of the game for, um, you know, for helmet to helmet. Mm-hmm. And we got to do something about this. Even though I wanted Utah to lose, this by no means, one should have been, you know, been charging or whatever they call it. And two, to throw him out of the game, the kid's playing hard football, and I didn't even see helmet to helmet on this, and now he's gone for three quarters of the game. We can't just be tossing these guys out of the game when they're playing football real hard and somebody ducks and it's helmet to helmet or, you know, something like that. We, we've got to come up with a, a better situation than tossing him out of the game. Totally agree, Arnie. This has been a conversation, I think, across college football this year. It's just the idea that, of course, we want to take the malicious, violent hits out of football. We want to keep players safe. Right. There's got to be a way to kind of have some kind of rule where there's intent, non-intent. And I know that's a judgment yeah. thing. I get it. But there was but- there was nothing here. This guy just came in on the quarterback, um, actually made a good tackle. And when they were showing it in slow motion... I, I'm like, well, they're going to have to overchange that. There was nothing wrong with that. And next thing I'm like, oh, it's good hit. It's a bad hit, and you're out of the game. I'm like, whoa, whoa, you know? I totally agree. And no, and, and so the thing I was going to say was, look, yeah. I'm not on the rules committee. Maybe we can get, I don't know, Mike Pereira or somebody for our next show to, to kind of discuss this with us. But, you know, I, I just think that there's got to be an intent versus non-intent. And, again, I, I know it's a judgment thing, but I also just kind of feel like, Arnie, Football is a, a, a aggressive game. It's a violent game by nature, and guys are running full speed, a thousand miles an hour. That's obviously a, a metaphorical a thousand miles an hour. And to ask them to change what they're doing on a dime, to ask a guy to change where he's going to hit. And as you said, Arnie, sometimes a ball gets thrown high. Sometimes a ball gets thrown low. It gets thrown to the side, and the player doesn't intend, even when they do hit helmet to helmet, right. to be violent and for them to get kicked out of a game, for them to be suspended for the next game. I think it's almost like the. Um, you know the roughing the punter kind of penalty right, where five or fifteen. Yes, running into the punter or roughing the punter now is what we had. Used to be always fifteen yards. Totally agree, and that that to me is like the next logical step. Is there are times where by the letter of the law the rule is broken, but it's clear a player isn't trying to injure another player, and I don't think a guy like that should be punished. Heck, I'd rather give up a thirty yard penalty than throw him out of the game. Um, you know, to and this is in the first quarter. You're done. You're and this is their best defender. You're done. Goodbye. Um and thank you. Just horrible yeah. that we went ahead and uh, you know you're, well, you're putting that situation. Well, and I was going to say too is that if you remember, I mean that was a big storyline going into the Bama LSU game. Now it obviously didn't end up mattering, but LSU's best player yes. had a questionable, very questionable helmet to helmet hit. They overturned hit, that one. But he was suspended still. Devin oh, no, White. I thought they no, I thought they didn't In, suspend them. In the, the game, because if you remember, in the game there was a helmet-to-helmet early that looked like a clear violation of the rule, and they didn't call it, and it was because they had gotten so much criticism over the entire week because the kid Devin White was suspended for the first half of that Bama game. So it is a rule, again, we all get, 
why the rule is in place. We in the media, we look, none of us want to see anybody get hurt, get injured, be seriously uh, you know, hurt, but at the same time I'm with you Arnie. Is we got to do something because football, you're playing, you're running full speed and to ask a guy to change everything he's doing in the, you know, the snap of a finger is too much. Then again, I guess in the Pac-12, you could just be somebody with the phone number and overturn that to the other officials. Allegedly, yeah. remember that's yeah. What we want Mike, Le- Mike Leach, yeah, yeah. I mean for yeah. for all the complaining Mike Leach did, I mean his teams, uh, whatever they are, eight and one right now. I mean, make it nine and one because they're up twenty eight seven over. Uh, they're nine and one now, and they'll be ten and one. They're up twenty eight to seven over my Arizona Wildcats. I know it's okay. We got basketball seasons here, aren't you? You going to Maui this week for the Maui Invitational? Your Wildcats? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be leaving tomorrow. I'm, I'm okay. Leaving. By the way, do they just play one game in Maui? Don't they play the whole no, tournament? They play there? three. Okay, they'll play three. I, play I'm three. really looking forward to Arizona kicking a little Yukon booty. Is what I'm looking for. Three weeks. I'll be back in Connecticut. You going to come? Are you going to the game? I haven't gotten exactly tickets yet, but I did. I am coming back. Do you know who uh, you gonna, are. You're. Aaron Torres, you should just call up and say you're with Fox Sports. They'll get your tickets. Okay, who do I have to call? You're the guy. You're uh, you're the one. You're the man with the answers. Yeah, I look. I just came up with the idea. I don't know who to call. That's that's <laughs> up to you. I'm sure you can just call the just yeah. Just say you're you know you're a UConn grad. I'm sure you can get tickets. You'll go to the game. You'll have a blast. You'll see uh, UConn lose. It's going to be a lot of fun. If I say I know Arnie Spanier, will that help me? No, then uh, you'll be up at the top row, like Bob Euchre on that. All right? So uh, okay. when we get back, though, uh, somebody else may be going to a game. That's because he's going to be coaching. Is Les Miles going to Kansas? Is that going to be a done deal? Also, we'll get you caught up in all the late scores. That's coming up next. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier, here on Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance? Uh, it means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Good evening, everyone. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. He's in beautiful San Diego, California. I'm up here in Vermont where my Vermont Catamounts lost to Louisville. Uh, made a good run there at the end and also lost to Kansas earlier in the week. But that was a lot closer game there, Aaron, you know? Oh, I know. I was watching. I was thinking of you. Um, obviously, the kiss of death extended to the team that you most cover. <laughs> Very sorry about that. What is the weather like there up in Vermont? Because I saw it was snowing in New York this week, and I know you're probably, what, like a couple hundred miles north of New York? Yeah, it was. Uh, we had our about six inches of our snow uh, a couple of days ago. We have a little bit tonight, but uh, otherwise, uh, we're good to go. We're good to roll. The reason I bring up Kansas is because Les Miles now looks like he's going to be the next head coach. Um He's going to leave, what, about $5 million on the table from LSU to be the head coach at Kansas. I don't know why he can't be the head coach at Kansas and still get his money, Aaron. Well, there's this thing called contracts, and the way they work is, uh, I believe, the way that— No, in all seriousness, I I do think the way that his contract was set up was that he only got the full payment of the remainder of his LSU contract, which was extended through 2023— if he didn't accept another head coaching job, and it looks like he wants to get back in the game, I can't blame him. He's about 67 years old. I think he wants to make one more run before he calls it a career, so he's leaving the money on the table. I think it'd be a great fit for Kansas. I wish he would get his money also, but I look, I don't know if he could turn Kansas around. I do think a lot of the youngsters would like to go play for him, though, as you mentioned, his age, that certainly is a negative you know, when it comes to the recruiting process. 
Yeah, I was going to say, you know what the the great irony of Tim taking this job is? Well, there's, I mean, there's many interesting elements, but uh, Kansas, their best player who scored, I think, three touchdowns tonight against uh, against Oklahoma, Chris Plank's beloved Oklahoma Sooners. Yes. Their best player is from Louisiana. Oh, jeez. How do you like that? I love it. Unbelievable. Um, one game we didn't have a chance to talk about earlier was Ohio State. Yep. Very lucky to escape with a victory. I mean, you talk about uh, a game they should have lost. They went at 52-51. They trailed 17-3 at the end of one. They were down 24-17 at the half. Ohio State rallied, uh, scored a touchdown late. Maryland uh, scored a touchdown late to tie it up. They went in the overtime. Ohio State scores right off the bat. Maryland comes back. Gets the touchdown, decides to get for two, go for two, and they had a guy open in the end zone. A bad throw. Ohio State hangs on. Do they get punished for winning 52 51, or does it not really make a difference? Because, like you said, they'll play Michigan. No, I, I think it's going to be interesting. They, they do play Michigan, but what I think is going to be interesting, if they were to beat Michigan, if they were to win the Big Ten, would they then jump the teams that we've talked about? Oklahoma, Washington State. Uh, if those teams went out, are those teams that Ohio State would jump? I Why don't would know. they deserve to jump over them if That's Washington State or Oklahoma didn't trip up unless you're going to punish well, Oklahoma for the 40 no. they gave up against Kansas? Well, the reason they would jump them is because their win over Michigan, which is obviously what, 10-1 right now, that win against Michigan would be more impressive than anything Oklahoma's going to do over the next couple weeks. So, Even though they're I- conference championship games? Well, I mean, Oklahoma is going to have to beat Texas, I guess, if uh, if they advance, and obviously they would have to beat West Virginia at West Virginia. I'm trying to think who's the other team. Washington State. I mean, they they play uh, a bunch of junior colleges out yes, there on the West Coast. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. So, some school that just hands out degrees to anybody right now, I believe. <laughs> but um, no, I, I think it'll be an interesting conversation. But I'm I, I kind of use the same Ohio State theory right now that I'm using with Oklahoma. Is I don't care what their record is. You can't tell me right now that even if they beat Michigan, they're one of the four best teams. Maybe I would feel differently depending on what happens in that Michigan game. By the way, Arnie, there was a lot of talk on social media today. Urban Meyer. It looked like he was playing it up for the cameras a little bit. Like like every time something went wrong, he's taking off his headset, he's running his hands through his hair. Were you talking about when he was, um, they called pass interference, and he said the the pass was uh, uncatchable, and he was right about that, to be honest. Uh, well, I mean, I think there was a lot of things that he did. I'm just saying is that there's a lot of buzz that he's going to try to sneak out the side door this year, a lot like he did a couple years ago when he was at Florida. He just looked a little too pained after every play. I, there's something not right at Ohio State. I mean, look. Are you saying lost- that he's going to leave to retire or leave to take an NFL job? Uh, I think he'll leave to quote-unquote retire, but he also quote-unquote retired when he was at Florida about a decade ago. So uh, the point I'm trying to make is that there's a lot of talk that he may try to sneak out the side door after this year. I don't know that I buy it, but it it did feel like he was playing it up for the cameras a little bit today. Yeah, he was uh, animated. I saw that. I thought it was maybe because every time a call went against him, uh, he was crying, uh, crying for the cameras out there. By the way, Mike says uh, Arizona, uh, excuse me, UConn one fifty five, Arizona thirty. So wow, yeah, 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 I think that's a little low scoring. I think UConn <laughs> might put up one seventy, but I appreciate that, Mike. I like the positivity. Uh, yeah, you like the positivity. If that happens, I'll quit. I'm still waiting to see what Pike is going to be like tomorrow night. I'm uh, hold you to that. A win's a win. He's going to say a win's a win. 
That's what he's going to say. Yeah, that sounds like something Plank would say. A win isn't a win against Kansas, by the way. You can't just use that when you're playing the worst team in college football, major college football. All right. Hour Who doesn't one, even have a coach right now, by the way? Yes, exactly. Hour one in the books. Uh, we'll come back. We'll take a final look at what happened in the top 25. Also, Vegas Runners is going to stop on by. All that coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, everybody. Good evening as we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Did you know that 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance? What do you got to do? Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. The excuse is it didn't take long, Torres. What do you got? Mike just tweeted out if 10 and 1 is an excuse, then there you go. Well, you know, I was going to ask you a question, Arnie, here. <laughs> so, in all seriousness, right? Yeah. Like, the committee's job is supposed to be to rank these teams. Do we know based- what the committee is this year, or we just don't know that? That's, you know, we haven't looked that up. What do you mean? What do you mean? It's always the the vote is never released, do we? We never we know who's on the committee, but we yep. never know which way they voted. Even at the end of the year, we never know which way they voted. Well, and so what I was going to say was this: is if their job is to rank the teams who they think is best right now, right? Yeah. Washington State should move up ahead of Oklahoma because Washington State has been phenomenal. Over the last four, five, six weeks, Oklahoma, Chris Plank is the Oklahoma PR machine down there in Norman right now defending them. Uh, If it really is just about ranking the team's best based on how they're playing the totality of the season, I think Oklahoma's got to fall the last couple weeks. Their defense has been abysmal. Not Arizona Wildcat bad, but pretty darn close. I'm just saying I think they should drop. Uh, unfortunately, though, the Pac-12 gets no respect because they're not a very good conference, and you see what's going on in the South, and even in the North, um, it's top-heavy. It's just a horrible year for the Pac-12. That's why they're not going to jump it. What was a better year? Uh, that's a completely different story there. But that's what I'm saying, though. It shouldn't be on which conference is better, which this, which that. Yes, how do of we know? course it has to be. How do, but, but how do we know who's better I know. And who's Ask worse? me. I'll let you know. So you really think right now, if Washington State and Oklahoma played on a neutral field, you really think Oklahoma would win? Well, that, that, that's not the point. <laughs> no, no that's not the point. Not Forget the point. about Why who's going to win. Teams? You're asking me who has a better resume and who deserves to be in there. It's, it's going to be Oklahoma over Washington State. Who's Oklahoma's best win? I'm looking at it right now. Here's their wins. Florida Atlantic, UCLA, Iowa State, Army, Baylor, TCU, Kansas State, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Kansas. Oh, and, they, and but the they one thing is they were also ranked higher than Washington State coming in, and you got to give me a reason to drop them below Washington State. Because they gave you up haven't. 40 to Kansas. Look at Washington. Up. Check out Washington State because, again, they play in the Pac-12. Pac-12 not good. They beat Wyoming, San Jose State, Eastern Washington. And then they lose to an average USC team, all right? Now, yes, you beat a Utah, great. Oregon State, you get no points. Oregon's not even in the top 25 anymore. Stanford's no great shakes. Cal's no great shakes, and neither's Colorado. You don't have, you haven't beaten anybody. I guess. I'm just sitting here saying that if we're really ranking teams based on how good they are, conference affiliation shouldn't matter. I just think that with the does. way— well, no, because look, there are a year. By the way, last year we said how terrible the SEC was. They still got two teams in because we determined that Georgia and Alabama were two of the four best teams. And I'm just saying, you cannot tell me 
that a Kansas team that gave up 40 points today to, to or an Oklahoma team that gave up 40 points to Kansas. Kansas, Arnie, we just talked last segment. Kansas doesn't even have a coach right now. Their players are drawing up their own plays in the dirt, and they gave, they scored 40 on Oklahoma. You made my point. We took two teams from the SEC, but they're the premier conference. But they're not the premier conference. So not last year. They were terrible. The SEC is a terrible co- – there's been better conferences than the SEC. I must, last must year? be a conference I don't know about then. Last year, the SEC was not the best conference. We spent all year saying that nobody in the SEC was any good except for Alabama, Georgia, and those two teams deserve to be in. It's no different than anything else. I mean, you know, in the NBA, uh, just because the Cavaliers or somebody make the finals, and this is a bad year as an example because the power has kind of shifted, but just because the Cavaliers made the finals doesn't mean that they're the second best team in basketball. They just happen to be in the right division, the right affiliation. He's Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Stinking Genius One. Uh, just kind of recap it in the final look at the top 25. We talked about Alabama. Once again, they were tied with Citadel, the Citadel at 10. I, I wouldn't even know to tell you. I, I didn't even know the Citadel's nickname, uh, I believe, coming into the game. First of all, let's give them credit. What a great first half by them. What a great effort. Would have taken the lead in the second half had they not got the penalty because they made the field goal. We should give them more credit for the effort they put in against Alabama. I agree. I have no problem with it. You're the one that's crushing them. Well, I got to crush how- Alabama also, yes. I got to crush Alabama. but Poor I mean- Citadel. They, they came in. By the way, did you see the tweet that they sent at halftime? The no. Citadel's football team? No. The Citadel's football Twitter account basically sent out, because it was, what was it, 10-10 at halftime? Yes. Uh, they sent out a tweet that essentially said, hey, LSU, it's not that hard. Wow! As, as in I love scoring that. on Alabama. You like that, huh? I'm trying yeah. to find it really quick. Well, I'll, I'll read it for you when yeah. I find it. But, yeah, they were uh, they were going after those poor Bayou Bengals. And, what do you uh, think Coach Nick Orchard. Saban said to the team at halftime? Um, was he calm or did he just go off the wall? You know, I could see him maybe being calm going, guys, uh, you want to lose to the Citadel? Knock yourself out. I'm not going to say anything. I'll see you out there in the second half. And maybe they got themselves all pumped up, or did Nick uh, lay a few bombs out there? You tell me. Well, here's the thing. I can't repeat anything Nick Saban said. Right. So I will just read the Citadel football tweet. It said, we scored emoji emoji, touchdown Smith, at LSU football, at Hale State football, which is Mississippi State football. It isn't that hard, guys. Quarter to 11 minutes to go, dog seven, tied seven. So there's some wow. kind of dogs to answer your question. Going after LSU and Mississippi State, I love it. Good for college, Good for the Citadel. Yeah, no, that that's good out there. So th- did you think Nick uh, Saban let him have it at halftime, or you think he backed off a little bit? No, I think he let him. I mean, does, does Nick Saban seem like the kind of guy that's just going to say, hey, guys, we tried really hard. Like, Nick Saban, it doesn't strike me as the, hey, we tried really hard, let's eat some orange slices at the you end of the game and drink time, juice boxes. You? you can't just be yelling at the kids every time. I mean, he doesn't always have a lot to yell about, to be honest. Yeah, he has always. Yeah, he'll did. find something to yell about. Yeah, I just he, like the he always, You know, it's always, uh, you know, we want to, in 98 to 3, we got to not give up those three points anymore, you know? My, my favorite is when he comes and he yells at the media because he says the media isn't being hard enough on his players. Remember about, I think it was like yeah. week three or week four, he's like, you guys need to write more bad stuff about us because right. my guys are reading all the nice things you're saying and I, I don't want any part of this. And now it's like, I don't run my ball club uh, the way you want me to run it. I don't <laughs> give a damn, you know? Um, By the way, have you ever seen a... 
number two team in the entire country come in with less fanfare than Clemson is coming in this year um, after beating Duke 35-6. to It's like nobody's even paying attention to the number two team in the country. You know who I feel like that about? More so than Clemson. I feel like Notre Dame. Like, Notre Dame is the New York Yankees, Los Angeles Lakers of college football in terms of notoriety, publicity. I don't feel like anybody's talking about them. I I feel like everyone keeps expecting them to lose. All they do is beat quality teams. They beat Michigan early in the year. They beat Stanford early in the year. They beat Virginia Tech. They beat Syracuse today. And I feel like nobody's talking about it. They just, oh, it's Notre Dame. They'll figure out a way to lose. And they just keep winning. I feel like even more than Clemson, they're going on the radar. Really? I, I would have said the same thing about Clemson. I think Notre Dame gets more, not pub, but more recognition because they've had some good victories this year. Uh, and, of course, yep. being an independent, they get to you know, play in that great schedule. They've had some great victories. Yeah, I just think that considering it's been, you know, it's been 30 years since Notre Dame won a national championship. I know they played for the title back in, I think it was twenty the 2012 season, so early 2013 was actually when the title game was. But I just feel like for Notre Dame, for the exposure that they normally get, I just feel like people are totally writing them off. Do you feel like, in all seriousness, with, with Notre Dame, do you feel like they're not just the the notoriety? So let's take out the notoriety or people talking about them. Right? Are they getting the credit that they deserve? Because everyone, I'm number just three keep, in the country. How much more credit do you want them to get? But but Arnie, you listen to all the same shows I do. You read all the same websites and articles and previews that I do. I can't tell you how many people say, "Oh, Syracuse is going to keep it close. They might win outright." And there goes Notre Dame marching up and down the field, do- dominant defense and winning convincingly Syracuse again. Syracuse was overrated coming in. Come on. Wait, you want to you want to elevate Notre Dame for their victory over Syracuse? Is that what you're trying to tell me? I you can't elevate them cuz they're at number 3. Right. But I'm I just mean, that's saying that's exactly. But people are saying, oh, this Syracuse offense, they're, they're putting up points on everybody. Notre Dame just held a, a Syracuse offense that has put up uh, at least 40 points in the last five games to three points today. Right. And I just, and I just, I, I just feel like everyone, I think it's because historically Notre Dame hasn't been great against the Alabamas and in the big bowl games and all that stuff, that we just assume, oh, Notre Dame's going to find it. They're just going to lose at some point, and all they do is just keep winning, keep dominating. I give them credit because I feel like not enough people are. All right, another game we didn't get to. Michigan beats Indiana 31-20. This was a, a 17-15 game in favor of Indiana at halftime, and we're thinking, here it goes all over again. Um, we're not saying anything about this because we're expecting the big Michigan-Ohio State matchup uh, so we just kind of gave Michigan a pass for playing a whole home game on this one, Aaron. Yeah, I think it's kind of the Alabama syndrome is probably looking ahead to that Ohio State game. And I know what you're going to say, oh, you got you got to win every game. Do we do we discredit them? But I do think the totality, their body of work this year, Michigan, they've been really, really, really good. I do think that it was senior day, it was emotional, and just they were just looking ahead to Ohio State. I have no problem with this game being close. I don't think this is a big indictment that they're overrated or they don't deserve their ranking or anything like that. I just think they had a day where uh, they weren't sharp, and it'll be interesting to see if they can get it right for Ohio State next week. The big question is, can Washington State put up 100 against my Arizona Wildcats? They, yes. They have 48 points right now, and there's still three minutes left in the first half. I think they can put up 100 against Arizona. Well, and and somehow they're going to drop an Arnie Spaniers poll because you give Washington State no credit at all. I think we need to move them up the poll with the way they're playing. Arnie just keeps saying, ah, I don't care. They're in the Pac-12. It doesn't even count. I Every time I look over to the TV, it's like they're putting more points on the board. It's getting a little frustrating. 
Uh, I wish college football, I can't believe I'm going to say this, I wish it was over, right? Let's start uh, concentrating on college basketball. Oh, Arnie, Arnie, Arnie. So you are not going to Maui this week to watch the Wildcats? No, I'm, I'm not going to go to Maui. Come on! Why didn't you talk to the bosses? We could have oh, gotten no, they some remote shows. They wanted to send me to Maui. I, oh. I said I don't have the time. I don't oh, have the time. you don't have the time. Don't oh, have you, the time. Yeah. When you say the time, is yeah. it because you would have had to drive your um, your snowmobile <laughs> to the train tracks to catch the train into town yes. to then take the car to the airport? So like is Penticoat that what the time Junction. was? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. No, they they're like, we need you to go to Maui. It's not going to happen. Can't That's happen. what you said. You said it. You know, my favorite team is there, and I know there's beaches, but. I'm going to stay here in Vermont where it's negative 20 degrees and where I have to cut my, chop my own firewood and all that kind of stuff. I don't make even me know sound crazy there. now. Well, I mean, yeah. you, I mean, you have to stay warm. I mean, do you, I, I know you guys don't I, – I don't know if electricity has made its way up there yet. So I know, like I said, you, you're, in the, you're in the woods with your axe, chopping firewood, keeping your family warm. I give you credit, Arnie. I think you're a good guy. Uh, Bill said I already hit the over in the Arizona game 63. No, you don't. Wow. It's, it's 62 right now. So, but your your pick does wow. look good, well, though. I I will say why that. why you why you yelling at our uh, at our our rabid fan base here yeah. just because your team's not playing well. Leave Bill alone. He seems like a nice guy. Justin says, "Love listening to you guys' show." Uh, is there a way to put all the conference champs in the playoffs? Have the power of five teams have to buy the first week of the other five conferences independents play the other three spots? I think what he really meant is love listening to Arnie. Uh, love your no, he show, said- Arnie. He said he your guys, say. and if you look at the tweet, Miss, he that, puts my miss, name first. Miss, yeah, He puts my name first. He said you guys. I think yeah. he means me and Plank. He likes the yeah. what we do to keep you in line. Yeah, that, that yeah, that's I'm sure. What that's a guy, what Justin. I like that Daryl Griffith guy too. I got to get him on the show I'm more. I'm sure he's yeah. your favorite guy right now. I'll tell you what, though, Vegas Runner's going to join us next. We go live out to Las Vegas. Uh, how did it finish off in college? We'll start looking at the uh, lines for the NFL games uh, coming up in Week 11. All that's next. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier, here on Fox Sports Radio. This segment of the show brought to you by Discover. Get your free credit scoreboard scorecard today. Even if you're not a Discover customer, include your FICO credit score and checking so your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations do apply. They scored again. Washington they, the State, Arizona Wildcats? No, Washington stayed up 55-14, 10 seconds left in the first half. They gave up 55 first half points. They could give up 100. Let me ask you this, Arnie. In your seven years at Arizona, did you ever see a football game this ugly? Never. Never. Okay. This is the worst ever. I'm, I'm going to say this, though. I did just get a text message from um, a, a station employee who uh, passed a message on that Arnie's team is Garbo. Oh. Wow. He didn't even have to finish the word. No, we all just, knew what he was talking yeah, about. Said, literally, the text message says, Arnie's team is Garbo. And I was like, his fantasy team? He was like, no, Arizona. No, you, know what, you know what's so funny is... I, I, uh, people at work are, they, they just text me, this is pathetic. I go, what, my show? What's pathetic? How do I know you're talking about Arizona? <laughs> There's so many things in your life that could qualify as pathetic, yes. Arnie. It's hard to keep them all straight. I get it. I respect that. I mean, unbelievable. This is embarrassing. 55-14, 10 seconds left. They should onside kick it and go, and go for the uh, a field goal, too. I don't disagree. Oh, I have no problem it. with that. Come on. I mean, listen, this is the time of year where you got to impress those pollsters. Go for 100. Go for 200. I don't know. I'm, I think they can I'm probably I'm about get to it. say something crazy. We're worse than Connecticut football. 
Wow. No, that's not possible. Wow. UConn has the worst defense in in college football. Uh, they don't, you know, they're almost as bad as actually they're worse than Kansas. I was going to try to make a joke about Kansas, Chris yeah, playing well. Oklahoma Sooners, but when your team is that bad, you can't really say much. Right. Not as bad as Arizona, though. Let's go out to the Geico Fox Sports Celebrity Hotline. Joining us now, you can check him out at TheBigMoves.com. That's TheBigMoves.com. Uh, you can also tweet him at Greek underscore Gambler. That's Greek underscore Gambler. It's Vegas Runner. How you doing, Vegas Runner? Never better, Arnie. Busy weekend, of course. Uh, huge NFL weekend with a lot of the primetime games being marquee matchups. It started Thursday night with Green Bay-Seattle. And then you look forward to Sunday night game. They moved Minnesota-Chicago and that Monday night with the Kansas City and L.A. Rams, I mean, this is one of those weekends where we know primetime games attract the most betting action, but you couple that with some marquee matchups that are highly anticipated, and uh, sportsbooks are gearing up for those games to pretty much sum up their weekend when it's all said and done. All right, let's, let me start with some college. Uh, 10-10, Alabama and the Citadel at halftime. Was you know I were people betting the first half? Was there any ramifications? Did you run out and bet the second half? Were people able to take a uh, uh, Citadel in fifty six? Did did anybody have the money line and was nervous at halftime? What what happened with this, Arnie? That was simply a a case of sportsbook saying no mas. They 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 put <laughs> a, hung up a fifty plus and they just didn't want anyone betting Alabama. It's like you, you've been betting Alabama every single week. Now it's an extra board game. Uh, the, the betting limits are extremely small, uh, and, and the books take very little risk and exposure on those matchups. In fact, most recreational bettors don't even touch them. Um, th- those matchups aren't on the parlay cards. And like I said, with, with those low limits that they attract, even betting syndicates don't really get involved because that's the quickest way to get dropped by bookmakers. If you start <laughs> blasting away at those FCS and extra games, you know those lines move three, four, six, seven points. Um, that's the quickest way to wake up and find out your account's been shut off. Let me ask you, Vegas Runner. I am watching Arnie's Arizona Wildcats wow. just get bludgeoned. I mean, he might have to retire mid-show here. You might have to do the rest of the show with me, yes. Vegas Runner. <laughs> but I do want to ask, like, Washington State is kind of on the periphery of this college football playoff conversation. Where do they rank or where do they match up in Vegas's eyes with those elite teams at the top? Maybe not Bama because they're so much better, but the Notre Dames, the Michigans, the teams that are kind of on the fringe of the playoff. The, the Washington State team, I'm looking right now as we speak at, at power ratings that uh, reflect what uh, at least the, the sharpest guys that, that win in college football have. Um, and I can tell you, Washington State barely in the top 25 wow. uh, power rating-wise. Just, just to, to give you a, an example, if they were playing Alabama tomorrow on a neutral field, they'd be about a 24-point underdog to them. Wow. At wow. least, at least. Um, yeah, even against Clemson, they'd, they'd be probably around that against Clemson. Um, yeah, so I mean, power rating-wise and, and the rankings are two totally different things. And, I mean, Syracuse was a perfect example of that um, today. The fact that, I, and I actually talked about that earlier this week um, in a video, that the, the fact that, most of the guys that I know that win long-term bet in college football barely had Syracuse 
cracking their top 30. Um, and, you know, they, they were ranked 12th or 13th in the playoff poll, and they were getting 10 against Notre Dame, and recreational bettors were betting them hand over fist, uh, but the wise guys were betting Notre Dame as soon as that line came out, like it was free money, uh, knowing that Syracuse just isn't a top 15 team. Right. Um, and Washington State's right there as far as, power rating goes and again in the 60 minute football game there's a lot of, lot of randomness and anything can happen um, but with that said number one Alabama would be a 24 point favorite over number eight Washington State on a neutral field at least 24 alright Vegas runner let's get right to the NFL Kansas City and the Rams let's get right to the good stuff uh, they moved the game from Mexico now they're playing in Los Angeles the line goes from one to three and a half how does that work is Vegas worried about the middle uh, were people getting in on the minus one and then took the three and a half. How did this exactly uh, play out? And plus, the over/under, the highest in the history of the NFL, sixty-three and a half to sixty-four. What's going on there, also? Yeah, and even bigger surprises when they moved locations. They didn't even adjust the over/under, um, wow. which tells you that they're not even sure how high or how low the total should be. Like we said, this is unprecedented territory. This is the first time we've seen a total this high, and I think you're going to see the betting syndicates end up going under just because. You know, even though you're probably holding your breath the entire game, everything has to be right to score that many points. I mean, for it to go over 63, they they got to score more than two touchdowns a quarter on average. So one eight-minute drive and the probability of it going over drops significantly. Um, with that said, the, the, the public's going to definitely bet the over. I don't see them betting the under with Kansas City and the Rams. As far as the, the side goes, uh, the public's going to be on Kansas City. The books are bracing for it. They already saw it from Thursday night's game because, again, that was a high-profile game, was getting heavy action, and they saw a lot of parlays, teasers already tied into the Monday night game. And when they were, it was with the Kansas City side, and that's usually a preview of what's to come. So I think you're going to see the books needing the Rams, um, and that's why this line, though, you're seeing it at three and a half. It'll probably drop uh, between now and kickoff. Like I said, one-sided Kansas City money is expected, but I, I heard a lot of sharps that, that like that Ram side, mm. um, especially if it drops to three. What are, What is Vegas making of the Saints Eagles game? I think as the public we keep expecting Philly to turn a corner, yeah. and it's just not happening. Yeah, Arnie, I think you, it sounds like you agree with me. Is like is Vegas just out on the Eagles? Because I'm starting to get there just as a casual fan. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, that's exactly it. I, you're talking about the, the defending Super Bowl champs and, and everyone. It was waiting for them to take over, especially an NFC East that is there for the taking. Um, and they just haven't done it. Now you're looking at a Saints team which not only has been winning and covering, but look over your shoulder, Rams, because now they are the co-favorites to, to win the Super Bowl. Um, your New Orleans Saints, who remember going into week three, they had lost to Tampa Bay and yeah. almost lost to Cleveland. Yeah. You know, and uh, again, uh, you know, power rating-wise, even back then, the only team that would have been favored over them would have been that Rams team, you know, and now, now they're neck and neck. Here's the one thing with the Eagles, though. They haven't lost by more than a touchdown in over 
32 games. I mean, they, they one time in the last 32 have they lost by more than a touchdown. Uh, the only problem is you're playing a Saints team that just doesn't lose at home. I mean, when they've had a winning record, they've won 23 straight games at home. And, and more importantly, 18-4-1 against the spread when the Saints Ooh. have a winning team. That's a team that you don't want to be playing in New Orleans when they're having a good season. So it's a tough team to bet against. Um, and looking at, at the, the betting window, the money's coming in on the Saints and a lot of teasers on the Saints um, to them just to have to win the game. That, that's been where a lot of the betting action has gone so far this season. A lot of teasers, a lot of exotics have been hurting the books. You can reach Vegas Runner at TheBigMoves.com. That's TheBigMoves.com. Also, you could tweet him at Greek underscore Gambler. That's Greek underscore Gambler. Enjoy the games tomorrow. We'll speak to you next week, buddy. Thanks for having me, Have guys. a great Thanksgiving, too. Yes, have a great Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Also. Thank yes. you. Have a safe and uh, enjoyable Thanksgiving and make some money over the weekend. You bet. Vegas Runner, TheBigMoves.com, and Greek underscore Gambler. We'll check in with the Sager. I'll tell you what's trending. And then uh, Torres and I will give you our top five. What's going on out there? the Sager. Wow to Washington State, the eighth-ranked team in the country, about ready to go to 10-1 and on the season. They've scored 55 by halftime against the Arizona Wildcats. 55-14 is the lead. And their pass-happy system with a star quarterback, Gardner Minshew, has this. Five touchdown passes from him oh. in the first half. He's 28 of 33, 310 yards already, and completions to 11 different receivers in the first half of this game. They're just starting the second half at BYU. It's the Cougars 31-7 over New Mexico State. BYU finishes against rival Utah next week. The Utes ranked 19th in the country, won in the snow at Colorado 30-7 today. Great news for Utah because they need Arizona State to lose a game, and then Utah can be in the Pac-12 final. Arizona State is losing at halftime. At Oregon, it's Ducks 28-13 over Arizona State. At Fresno State, Bulldogs have just scored early third quarter to take the lead on San Diego State's 17-14. Final seconds before halftime, UNLV ahead in the late game at Hawaii, 21-3. As for other games, I mentioned Arizona's given up 55 in the first half. UConn gave up 55 for the game. They're still winless in the American Conference. Connecticut football lost at uh, East Carolina, 55-21. I mentioned on earlier shows that UAB didn't have a football program at all in recent years, got reinstated. They were 9-1 and this year, but UAB had to play at Texas A&M tonight, and the Aggies beat them 41 to 20 yes a win for central florida ranked 11th they're 10 and 0 now they beat cincinnati 38 13 but central florida's finale next weekend was going to be against a good team on its schedule not a good team now south florida lost again they've dropped <sighs> four straight games they lost at temple today 27 17 uh everyone in the top 10 won except for number nine west virginia they gave up two touchdowns in the last five minutes and lost 45 41 at oklahoma state meanwhile sixth ranked oklahoma won on fox tonight 55 to 40 against kansas yes 40 for kansas oklahoma is at west virginia friday night the winner goes to the big 12 title game against texas assuming texas can beat kansas friday on fs1 texas won its top 20 matchup at home against iowa state tonight 24 to 10 longhorns Quarterback Sam Ellinger, though, left with a shoulder injury. I mentioned Washington State up big. Washington ranked 18th, beat Oregon State today. Washington's at Washington State Friday night on Fox TV to decide the Pac-12 North. Did anyone see the Nebraska game today? It was Yeah, that's a good one, 9-6, <laughs> huh? Yeah, it was 3-0 Michigan State going to the fourth. 
three field goals for Nebraska to win 9-6. And Army went 6-0 and on its home schedule after beating Colgate. Worth mentioning because they've had some bad football teams in recent years. Not this year. Uh, Navy actually got a win, by the way. Remember when TCU and Baylor used to each score a lot? Not so that much anymore. Yeah, yeah. T- TCU won at Baylor 16-9 to today. Yeesh. Pitt is going to be in the ACC title game against Clemson. Pitt won at Wake Forest what? today. Uh, Louis- Louisville is uh, 0-8 in the ACC. Lost at home 52-10 to against NC State. And How's what- that basketball and football program looking? Uh, probably as good as Pac-12 basketball and football wow. in the last couple of years. <laughs> One NBA note at Charlotte. Kemba Walker with 60 points. But Charlotte lost in overtime to Philadelphia on Jimmy Butler's three-pointer in the final second. Back to you. All right, the Sager, thank you as we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Uh, go to geico.com or give them a call, 1-800-947-AUTO. And the only hard part of figuring out which way is easier. What are you sending out emojis to everybody? What are you doing, two shows, one with me and one with the listeners on, on Twitter or what? Uh, I think we're just all in agreement that, uh, you know, your team's, uh, it, it isn't a good day to be Arnie Spanier, although I think you could pretty much say that just about any time. It wasn't but. a good day for my teams. I'm a Med fan. I'm a New York, the Knicks have been eliminated. My uh-huh. Dolphins are, are looking like they're done. Uh, my Giants are done. The, the only thing I get to hang my hat on is Arizona basketball, and they're not even in the top 25. Yeah. Uh, Franco Hayda said, Arizona's getting slaughtered. But it could be worse for Arnie. He could be a New York Giants, Miami Dolphins, New York Knicks, and Mets fan. Oh, wait. Whoops. Sorry. That's I had to laugh funny. at that. That was pretty you good. Know, I thought that was really good. It actually good. puts me in a sour mood. I get salty all the time because my teams are losing. You know that, don't you? Oh, I know. I understand how it is. I mean, you know, I'm a UConn fan, so the Huskies haven't been good the last couple of years. Thankfully, we got our Lady Huskies who haven't lost since like oh, 1981. Stop it. So You don't what? get to say that. Why not? Oh, that's like me saying, well, we've got women's softball. Well, you got to take a winner where you no, can get it, Arnie. No, Come on. No. You don't get to say the women Huskies. You don't get to hang your of head course. on them. They, they're, they're the, probably the best oh, dynasty in sports disgusting. right now. Better better than the Patriots. Better oh. than your Patriots. Better than your Catamounts. I'm going to miss you. I'm sorry I have to fire you. You can't hang your hat on that. Of course I can. Gino Auriemma is a Hall of Famer. Oh. Kevin Sumlin could learn a thing or two from Gino. Gino Auriemma could coach the Arizona football team better than Kevin Sumlin could right now. Oh, then you know what? Arizona's number one in squash then. I don't know. I Come on. You know who's number one in squash? Trinity College in Hartford, Connecticut. Oh, okay. We're going now all over really the place. All right, let's come give on. Our, let's give our top five, and UConn's not going to be in there. So They might my, be. My top five. Well, look, I have Alabama number one. There's not going to be a change there, even though they were tied at 10 with the Citadel. Clemson's going to be number two. I'm going to keep Notre Dame at number three. I have Michigan at number four, and then Georgia on the outside looking in at number five. If you want three more, I'll give you Oklahoma, Washington State, and Ohio State, six, seven, and eight. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, I will have the. Uh, I hate to agree with you. One, it's just, I just feel slimy. I'm gonna need a shower after this show. Wow. For agreeing with you so much, but Bama one, Clemson two, Notre Dame three. No disagreement there. I can't move Michigan. Sloppy performance, but you can't move them. They won going into that Ohio State game. I'll say Georgia at five. And the only thing I would disagree with you, once you get past Georgia at five, yeah. I'd put Washington State at six. They're playing lights out right now. I can't give Oklahoma credit for beating a team that doesn't have a coach right now, 
beating a team that might be the worst team in major college football. I'm sorry, I can't give Oklahoma credit. They got to drop. They're they're not playing very well right now. You want to drop Oklahoma, though we don't want to do. drop other teams that have tough first half or tough games. Well, I think with Oklahoma, it's not just one bad half. It's it's uh, it's a totality of things. They fired their defensive coordinator a month ago because the defense was so terrible. And oh my God, it's all his fault. Blame Mike Stoops. Well, you Fast can't fire forward. the kids, so you got to fire somebody. Well, it wasn't the defensive coordinator's fault. They gave up forty-seven <laughs> to Oklahoma State the other day. They gave up forty to Kansas, which. Uh, is a patchwork football team right now. They're coached by you and I, Arnie. I don't even know who's coaching that team right now. The players are coaching themselves. Uh, if you want to get in Aaron underscore Torres, I'm at stinking genius one. Planks all over Twitter arguing with everybody that now Oklahoma uh-huh. is 10-1. He doesn't want to hear about that game being close. I can only imagine what's going to happen tomorrow night. Uh-oh, let me take a look at his Twitter feed. Poor Chris Plank. He's got to defend himself. He's got to defend that sorry team that he follows. Wow, I mean, don't start. Don't get him in that mood. He's going he's gonna to be in that mood for 28, 24 hours before he comes on tomorrow night. You know who you know who will never let you down like Oklahoma football? The UConn women's basketball team. <laughs> They'll never let you down, Arnie. Come yeah. on board. Join the chip. Join the, join, get on board. You don't get to hang your hat on him, my friend. You, you Why just... not? Gino. 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 Yeah, go ahead. You love Gino. Yeah, well, you know, when and, – and you know what's so funny is he gets so he gets so bitter, so bitter if they even have one close game. You know, That's if they don't win great. championships every year, he gets so bitter. All right, uh, when we get back, Steve DeSager stopping on by with the late scores, news and notes, all that's coming up next. Uh, Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, this segment brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you treat you. Discover Card. Good evening, everyone. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier here on Fox Sports Radio. It's a Saturday night. My Wildcats down 55-14. Could you imagine, Torres, and we'll get to DeSager in just a minute, could you imagine had Utah lost today, this game would be for a chance for Arizona to go to the Pac-12 championship with two victories to finish out the year, and they'd be getting clobbered 55-14. And this is why they should not expand the college football playoff, or if they do, you shouldn't automatically get in for winning a conference championship because the divisions are imbalanced. I mean, look, Arizona, like you said, if Utah lost today, Arizona would have had a chance to play for the Pac-12 championship. They got lucky and beat Washington State in the Pac-12 championship, and it would be lucky. Is that a team that deserves to play for, play in the final eight if there was an eight-team playoff? No, they don't. But you know what? Oh. The hell with it because because that's what we do in basketball. Might as well do it in football. We only have five power conferences, so we might as well get all five in there. Right, the Sager or what, for crying out loud? Don't expand the playoff. Oh, geez, I, you I want Sager. the regular season games to You're mean something. I want someone liar. losing twice to like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe well, they lost a second time. What would matter, the, the Ohio State result wouldn't have mattered today if they if there was an 18 playoff and teams get in yeah. and all that's like yeah, You're right, NFL football's and... no good because we've seen those games before. That well, NFL it's a little different. Football. That's only a, a roughly 30-team league, not a 130-team league like college wow. football. We do have NFL notes, by the way. It's looking like Joey Bose is finally going to make his season debut for the Chargers against Denver tomorrow. And ESPN reporting for the Ravens-Bengals game that Joe Flacco is out with his hip injury. Yeah. Lamar Jackson would start, and A.J. Green is out with a toe injury. And there was no Stanford-Cal rivalry game right. postponed for a couple of weeks today due to all the horrible air still.
still, the Raiders have had to go inside for a couple practices I've read recently. They were going to cancel that game, right? So they're just going to postpone it a couple weeks. December 1st, yeah. They moved up the San Jose State home game farther south, uh, moved it up a couple hours today. They lost at home to Nevada. But Stanford Cal will still uh, be playing. There was a Wisconsin triple overtime victory, 47-44 at Purdue, and Wisconsin star sophomore running back Jonathan Taylor Finished with these numbers, 33 carries, 321 yards rushing, wow. and three touchdowns. Move him to the Big 12. He is he is closing in on 2,000 yards rushing this season. He's 131 away. And there was an overtime win for Georgia Tech against Virginia. Iowa won 63 to nothing at Illinois. Missouri won 50 to 17 at Tennessee. And then there's the USC Trojans who have a losing record now as they prepare to host undefeated Notre Dame next Saturday night. SC led in the fourth quarter at rival UCLA and then got outscored 13-0 in the fourth by the Bruins. Chip Kelly beats USC 34-27, to and the Trojans record now 5-6. and Wow. How long will Coach Clay Helton be lasting? I'll ask you guys both, is this still a – look, I know the record of USC is bad and Notre Dame's on top, but is this still – Kind of like a premier game, USC, Notre Dame, Aaron, or or has it lost so much luster it just doesn't matter anymore? Well, it matters because Notre Dame is playing for a shot at the playoff. And I know, no, but I just mean USC, Notre Dame in name alone, you know? I'd be curious in the attendance for that exact, exact answer because attendance well, was down for SC yeah. UCLA today. Wasn't it like the lowest it's been in 50 years or something to say? I, saw, oh, I really? think I saw the stat. Yeah, like, it was like 52,000 or something, wow. which sounds like a lot, but... The Rose Bowl holds ninety five or so thousand. So the same. Remember when to. UCLA USC was like the biggest thing ever? Yeah, fifty seven thousand at the Rose Bowl and capacity's roughly ninety. Whoa! Uh, Florida State, by the way, had a home game today. Uh, capacity's about eighty thousand there, and they also had fifty seven thousand for the Horrible. Seminoles game. How they have gone down? Florida State did win its game, seventy four yard touchdown pass with under two minutes to go to upset number twenty Boston College twenty two twenty one. And a small crowd in the snow at Colorado State. Attendance listed at nineteen thousand. Yeesh! And a crazy ending. They were hosting a ranked team, number twenty three Utah State. Had the defense on the field for the final play, trying to secure a win, up 29-24. Colorado State throws about a 40-yard pass, the Hail Mary, and it was completed in the end zone. Final play, Colorado State's going crazy. They think they have a home win. Flag on the play. It turns out the wide receiver that caught it stepped out of bounds on the sideline on his route on the way to the end zone. So Utah State wins. That was the final play of the game. And the Utah State Aggies are 10-1. They'll finish up at Boise State next Saturday in the late night game. And that'll decide the Mountain Division title in the Mountain West. Utah State against Central Florida in some ball game. You know, Central Florida, we mentioned undefeated. And they'll have to play now. A South Florida team that's lost four in a row. That's a Friday game. UCF's won 23 in a row. They end the regular season Friday. Tonight, the win against Cincinnati, which will not be ranked after tonight. Yeesh. 38-13 the final. Cincinnati with three fumbles, a missed extra point kick, a field goal blocked, another field goal attempt missed, and nine penalties. Horrible. That is the definition of not ready for prime time. Horrible. Mackenzie Milton, four total touchdowns in Orlando tonight. By the way, also in Orlando tonight, the Magic beat LeBron James and the Lakers. Beat him up, 130-117 to the final. The Lakers' Rajon Rondo out at least a month with a broken hand. Yeah, Lonzo didn't play very well, I heard. Uh, scoreless in 28 minutes, <laughs> wow. 0 for 5 from the floor. Oof. The game, though, in hoops. 
Kemba Walker, 60 points, and at Charlotte, they lost in overtime to Philly. Jimmy Butler, Philadelphia, he blocked Walker's runner at the other end and then gets the game-winning three in the final second. And Philadelphia's beaten Charlotte nine straight Uh. times. Too bad for Kemba Walker because in regulation, he was 20 of 29 shooting in the overtime, one of five. And by the way, I'm getting all kinds of rumors being sent to us about Sacramento maybe making a coaching change. I don't know why. Well, they did lose at Houston. Yeah. Houston's oh, actually so. over 500 now. They won four in a row, beat Sacramento by 20. Dallas beat Golden State with Steph Curry and Draymond Grant out with injuries. And uh, Oklahoma City's Russell Westbrook sat out for personal reasons, but they were at Phoenix and still won by 10. Phoenix is 3-12. and 12. Atlanta lost. They've lost seven in a row, dropped one at Indiana. Clippers won again. They're 10-5. and five. they got a comeback win at Brooklyn, while the Lakers' loss puts them at 8-7. and seven. Wow. Horrible. I'm not. Thanks a lot to Sager. Great news, everybody. There's a quick way you can save money. Just switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Two hours are in the books. We're just flying by today. The Power Hours coming up next. We'll come back, start NFL Week 11, take a look at the games, some of the matchups, also what's going on with Green Bay. Are they due uh, for a coaching change. So we'll get into all that. You can reach us, Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Stick of Genius One, Fox Sports Radio. All right, everybody. The Power Hour of the show is we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Did you know that 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance? What do you have to do? Just visit Geico.com for a free rate. Quote, he's Aaron Torres and San Diego, California. I'm Arnie Spanier in beautiful Burlington, Vermont. We, if you look at a map, we can't be further away unless I was right up there in like Maine or something like that, Aaron. You're about as far southwest as you can get. I'm about as far northeast as I can get out here. No, absolutely. Uh, I guess in theory, if I was in Alaska or Hawaii, <laughs> we, you know, you're supposed you were supposed to go to Hawaii this week and you canceled. So I guess yeah. in theory, we could be further, but not much. Yeah, I don't uh, like those plum uh, jobs anyway. Why should I? The network uh, said, "Hey, uh, we need you to go out to go to cover Arizona basketball out in Hawaii." I said, "Nope, get somebody else. I've I've got too much going on, too much Do happening you? out there." Well, the buzz is you got some family coming into town this week, so that's cool. Yeah. You excited? Yeah, up here, well, Burlington, Vermont, a little snow, and heading down to uh, New York City for a couple days uh, during the week. So, What's down there? uh, Just to see some relatives. So uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Maybe catch a Knicks game or a lot of college hoops going on in in Brooklyn and uh, in New York uh, down there. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, off the top of my head, I don't know who's playing this week. Actually, there's a great Saint tournament. John and Cal's, I think, is going to be one of the games down there. That is one. I was going to say there's a tournament later in the week. I think it's actually Wednesday, Friday, uh, with Louisville and Kansas. So that would be a fun one to get to. Not bad. If, not bad. I'm just uh, but NFL Week 11, and real quick, just want to start with this: the Chiefs and the Rams going to play the Monday night game in the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. Uh, I don't know how ticket sales are going. Obviously, this was a late-minute thing. But the uh, Rams and the Chiefs both um, went ahead and you know put in uh, uh, a thing to the office to say, we wanted to move this game. The NFL office said, no, it's not going to happen. And then there was word that the players were going to boycott. Boy, it didn't take the 
NFL long to change their mind and said, okay, let's move it from Mexico and get it out to Los Angeles. How much do you think the millions of dollars it must have cost them to move that game from Mexico back to the United States with ticket sales and the, boy, what a debacle that must have been for the uh, for the NFL. Yeah, I, I didn't really like that stand by the players. I mean, it's all reported in who knows who said what. But there's bad field conditions every week in the NFL. Oh, and no, I totally agree with them. I'm on, on, on their side. Why? Why? Well, I mean, could you imagine if Mahomes or – we're just going to say Mahomes now because he was going to play in that game. Could you imagine if the Chiefs have a major injury like that, if the Rams had golf got that because of the poor playing conditions? Why take a chance like that? Because there's poor playing conditions in the NFL every single week. I mean, to me, it felt like an excuse for the players not to want to go down to Mexico – I, it was disappointing to me because, one, obviously the NFL wants to expand the game, expand the brand of the NFL into the foreign country. But then, two, a lot of fans bought flights, bought tickets. To me, I, I just thought it was a bad look from the players. There's, there's bad field conditions every single week in the NFL, depending on where you're playing. You can't tell me that Soldier Field in December is any worse than Azteca Field would have been this weekend. You know, you, you say we want to expand the game. We've been saying that for how many years now? How many more games do we we have to have in Mexico and London before we have to decide whether we want a, a team there or not. Oh yeah, no, I, I be a team there, but it, it felt. Um, I'm trying to think of the diplomatic way to say this, but um, uh, it felt like maybe if, like, like if the game was just supposed to be played in a in an, a non-normal stadium, right. It would have been played. It felt like the players just didn't want to go to Mexico. And like, like, look, if that's your argument that you just don't want to travel, that's fine. But like, to me, I just thought it was a bad look for the players. Like, like I almost felt like but it don't was. Don't they a, get extra money to play over there? I know they get extra money for the Thursday night game. Each player gets a hundred thousand dollars. That has to be in the Thursday night game. Well, I don't know if that's the case or not. Maybe it is. I don't know. But I'm it just is saying for the Thursday night. So I'm, I'm assuming they probably get money for the overseas games also. Yeah. Yeah, the one thing I will say, even though I don't like it, is it is pretty cool, as you said, Arnie, bringing it back to the L.A. Coliseum. Again, we don't know how ticket sales are, but obviously a lot of them going to first responders, things like that. You and I were talking last week. Uh, it was a very scary time in L.A., and I, I think and I hope the fires are getting better. I know DeSega referenced the fact that uh, up in the Bay Area they're canceling games, moving games, but it is pretty cool that there's a lot of people in L.A. that will get a chance to see that game that might not have otherwise. Right. I'm glad it's going to go to the first responders and the fire and the police. I, I think that's a great idea. Though 5 o'clock on a, what, on a Monday um, on Thanksgiving week, I think there could be a little bit of traffic going on around that time there, Aaron. Yeah. You know? It's a good point, and then we'll see everybody's, oh, L.A.'s not a real sports town because they can't fill up a stadium. And I hate that so much. I mean, you know, a few weeks ago, we had Dodgers playoffs. We had NFL. Remember that day we had right. all four major teams playing Plus, USC and UCLA had played that previous Saturday. I hate this notion that LA is a bad sports town. But yeah, I can already see it, Arnie. It won't be packed at 5 p.m. And everyone will talk about what a terrible town LA is. How can they not have a full stadium for the biggest game of the Just season? Just so people it's understand, um, you live, what, in, in uh, Burbank or right around Pasadena. Burbank? Pasadena. Pasadena, yeah. If you wanted to go to the Ram game on Monday... What time would you have to leave your house uh, to make sure you were there on time? 
So I I live without traffic 20 minutes away. <laughs> so without traffic, I love that. I would guess, and so I'm you not live, exaggerating. So people know what, about 20 miles, 15, 20 miles? Yeah, probably about yeah. 15 miles. I would say comfortably to feel 100% safe to be in the door. I'm not talking about yeah. to get there, tailgate, have right. a few in cold ones. Right, in the door, ones. right. I would probably have to comfortably leave, I would say, 3.30 to 3.45, so an hour and 15 before kickoff. Oh, a lot more than that. Cut it out. No, no, no. You'd have to leave at 3 o'clock. You have to leave two hours ahead of time just to drive the 15 miles. Well, that's what I was going to say. So imagine somebody, so, uh, you know, our buddy, uh, friend of uh, Fox, not friend of, uh, our coworker Colin Cowherd, like he lives in Manhattan Beach. So that's probably without traffic, what, about 50 minutes without traffic. So, Ooh. like, that guy would have to leave like 2 p.m., I yeah. would guess, to get to there for a five o'clock game. And that's why I always defend. LA fans because it's really hard to get places. That's also why I don't blame anybody for not going to see bad teams. People say, oh, you know, well, I live in Milwaukee and we always support our teams, good or bad. Yeah, well, there's nothing to do in Milwaukee and it's really easy to get to the stadium. I mean, if you're talking about, say, the Clippers or somebody like that that's not playing, well, I know the Clippers are, but if the Clippers are bad, you got to sit in traffic for two hours to get there. It's, it's expensive, it's time consuming. I don't blame anybody uh, for wanting to watch these teams from home, especially if they're not good. I get annoyed when people say stuff like that. All right, with all that being said, it's going to be Kansas City and the Rams over under 63.5, which is the highest over under in the history of the NFL. Uh, not college, but obviously in the history of the NFL. How do you see a game like this? Obviously, the Rams have gone from a one-point favorite to, I believe, three and a half. I don't know if there's going to be a lot of middles. We talked to Vegas Runner about that. As for the game, though, I'm kind of leading toward the Chiefs in this one. I, If I want to look at who has more explosive offense, I may go with the Chiefs. I think getting three and a half points is a bargain when I'm getting over that magic number of three. But I expect this one to come down to the, uh, you know, who has the ball last, one of those type of things. So I was thinking about this with the Rams the other day, Arnie. For all the big names they have on their defense, doesn't it feel like they're underachieving a little bit? Like, Nine like and I was, one? No, no, no. I didn't say. I didn't say the team's underachieving. The defense. Like it just feels like every game. Well, they is have an abs- seven uh, uh, picks on the defense that were number one. Uh, that were first round draft picks. Yeah, and and the Seahawks weren't it late. They obviously look. The Saints are phenomenal. They give up forty five points. The Packers gashed them for about three quarters. And obviously, if Ty Montgomery hadn't taken that ball out of the end zone, I well, just it's the I, last I, three weeks you're looking at. That's what's going ahead and and. You well, mentioned, but you mentioned the Packers, the Saints, and and the Seahawks. Well, they also they gave up thirty one to the Seahawks in the first game. They gave up thirty one to the Vikings in their in their matchup on that uh, Thursday night. I just feel like for all the big names, and Dominican Sue, Aaron Donald. I know they've had some injuries on that side of the ball, but uh, Brockers. There's just so many big names. I just don't feel like they're dominating games on that side of the ball. It comes down to Jared Goff. Todd Gurley, that offense being awesome, and this felt like by far the most complete team in the NFL coming into the season. Right. They did make you know a trade right before the trading deadline, so they didn't have that complete defense from the beginning of the year. But uh, the last three, I agree with you. Uh, the 27 to the Packers, the 45 to the Saints, uh, the 31 to the Seahawks. You shouldn't be giving up that many points. I agree, yeah. Um, I'm curious to see. I think the Chiefs may put up 40-plus points on them mm-hmm. when it's said and done. 
I agree, and that and that is why. <clears throat> excuse me, and I know we'll get to our picks later, but it is why I kind of favor the Chiefs a little bit. I, I just I don't think this defense from the Rams is playing very well right now. And Jared Goff, that offense had been phenomenal, but I'm just wondering. I, I don't know. I guess there's so many new guys. I even think Wade Phillips has said this throughout the season is that we as a coaching staff are still trying to figure out these guys and vice versa, but there is so much talent on that defensive side of the ball. They haven't stopped anybody lately, and that is why, like you, I'm leaning with the Chiefs. I know you just mentioned it, but I want to bring it up again. Are you saying that there's no home field advantage for the Rams because the traffic people do come late? They're a lot more lackadaisical than other fans out there. There's a lot more transplants. Uh, and is that going to hurt the Rams when it gets to the playoffs or no? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, look, I think that place has been the, – the, it's been – the crowds have been pretty good, but I don't think it's any secret that uh, there's been some opposing fan bases that have really invaded that place. I mean, I remember a few weeks ago when they played the Packers, people were saying it was uh, half Cheeseheads, half uh, Rams fans there. Oh, so. Yeah, I, I I don't know that it's going to be a, a huge deterrent. Like It's not like the Chargers, where the Chargers are literally playing 16 right. road games every year. Uh, but I also don't think that it's necessarily Lambeau or Arrowhead Stadium, which which is one of these crazy, intimidating venues either. You can get a ticket for like $50 if you want to get into the game on, on Monday. Ooh. I mean, oh, that's, should... that's a bargain. I don't know, you know, not too many, except for maybe the Cleveland Browns, not too many NFL Monday night games can you just walk in, especially with the Chiefs and the Rams, and get yourself a, a, a good ticket for $50. Yeah, I, I would wonder, and that's it's obviously somebody to ask somebody that either covers the team or whatever, how much of it is those tickets going on sale at the last minute here? I know they've been on sale for like four or five days now since they announced it's this problem. change. And I can... Sager, you got a ticket for us or what? I, so I've looked Sager. it up. The face value for the Monday night game at the Coliseum, about 75 to $150 and up. So there will be a lot of empty seats for this game Monday Ooh. because they have still say? plenty of tickets to sell. And you're right on the uh, secondary market. It's less than 75 bucks for a wow. lot of these. So you will see empty seats Monday night because it's not only a week to sell 80,000, 70,000 tickets. It's, you know, it's five o'clock on a Monday, as you mentioned, Artie, where people might not be available for that even on more than a week's notice. Yeah. Well, and, and a holiday week, too. People may be taking off early Wednesday, something like that. Got to get their work in Monday, Tuesday as and well. And also, and I don't mean to you know, stomp on the Rams. They're doing a good thing by giving tickets away to first yeah. responders. But of all games to give tickets away, it's this one where you didn't expect to have a home game at all on Monday night. Yeah, but you would think that people would want to come because of this game, though, because they're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, it's kind of like, if I was free, I would have loved to have go to UCLA-USC today, and it wound up a great game to watch on TV. But instead of 50 bucks, it's it's 150 bucks at the Rose Bowl today. So oh, what you mentioned between the parking and the traffic and then, you know, and the Coliseum, remember, is under construction all year inside and outside. <laughs> you literally cannot park at a Rams game in the entire Coliseum block unless you have a parking pass in advance. Oh, jeez, the L.A. traffic. By the way, great news, everybody. There's a quick way to save money. Just switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. More Week 11 of the NFL when we get back, so stick around for that right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, good evening, everyone. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? Oh, it means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Uh, I'm still watching the Arizona-Washington State game. I think they're showing... Ten drunk fans um, 
look, the, the reason I say they're drunk is because they're all wind up without their shirts on uh, when it's like two degrees outside up in Pullman, Washington. I, I never understood the infatuation of taking off your shirt when it's like two degrees outside, Aaron. Got to support the team, man. Got to support the team. Can't you support the team with your shirt on? I guess. What kind of fan are you, though, man? Did you see, by the way, the Northwestern players today were warming up in the, uh, like, sub-whatever temperature? That was Utah. The Utah was doing that, too. Oh, it was Utah? Yeah, it was Utah. Oh, it was Utah. Yeah, Yeah. they were playing in Colorado, and they were warming up uh, without their shirts on and stuff like that. They're showing how tough they are. Nothing wrong with that. I feel like that's something your son would do. Like, I feel like I'm going to turn on a Kent State game at some point, and I'm going to see your son eating pizza uh, and just way, hanging out with his shirt off. Kent State won again. I think we're fourteen and two. Just watching. You know, I'm talk, we're talking hockey. Don't don't worry about that. Oh. We'll get fired. Yeah. So I because my kid plays on Kent State, so I had to mention that. All right, back to the NFL. Let's take a look at the, the games for Week Eleven. The Cowboys go to Atlanta. Uh, talk about an elimination game. Both teams four and five. Both teams underachieved, especially the Falcons. I never thought. They would be in this position under 500 um, 10 weeks into the season. I don't know who's more disappointing, but I do know uh, it's an elimination game. And, uh, and and Dak Prescott, I can't believe that Jerry gave him a vote of confidence because I really think I've got to move on from him uh, for next year and, and look for another quarterback. Well, and that that last part to me is the most interesting thing because obviously, look. As, well, so- as, as well as Garrett, too. Oh, for sure. I mean, you and I talked about this weeks ago. Jason Garrett is basically outside of Marvin Lewis, who is unfireable for some reason. I mean, there's he's got to have some dirt on the ownership there in, in uh, Cincinnati. But Jason Garrett is by far the longest tenured uh, coach without a Super Bowl in the NFL right now. Point being is that the guy hasn't done anything to warrant having this job for this long. But that's kind of how I'm looking at this game is like everyone's so excited about this Cowboys win last week, and I get it, they go to Philly, but we talked about it with Vegas Runner uh, an hour ago. One, it's not like Philly's playing well, and two, right. Philly had a ch- you know, they were driving to, they had a chance to tie up that game late. So it's not as though the Cowboys put forth this incredibly dominating win. It was a nice road win, but people thinking that they're going to flip their season off that one win, I don't buy it. What would they look for if they were going to uh, get another coach and they do find fire Jason Garrett? Is it going to be Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma? Do they want another young guy? Do they go with an experienced guy? Cowboy job is not a, a starter job like the Packer job either. That should go to somebody with a lot more experience. So I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know who the name is. Obviously, Lincoln Riley is the one with all the buzz. Can a co- can an ownership group, can they hire a defensive guy in the NFL in 2018? Because I'm looking at what Matt Nagy has done with Mitch Trubisky in Chicago. I'm looking at what Andy Reid is doing with Patrick Mahomes. I'm looking at Sean McVay and Jared Goff. And... Andy Reid's the only one that's been there a while, but it's unbelievable what these offensive guys are. They're taking these quarterbacks that everybody had given up on, and they're completely flipping it around. And if I'm sitting there as a defensive coordinator right now, I'm like, I am never getting a head coaching job in this NFL. And I think if the Cowboys' job does open up, I would have to assume they'd want to get that next offensive guy. Well, the the Packer job, and I was going to get to this later on, but since we're on it, um, Mike McCarthy uh, obviously being rumored out, and Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. Uh, and if you look at what Josh McDaniels has done when he's not been coordinator for the Patriots, Tom Brady's not won Super Bowls. 
when he's been coordinator, he's won Super Bowls. That's a ringing endorsement when you when you have a you know a good rapport with somebody like Tom Brady. Yeah, it was amazing. It always cracked me up. Like how many guys have gotten head coaching jobs thanks to Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and just completely crashed and burned. I mean, Charlie Weiss is an example. Mike McCoy, who was Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator well, in Josh Denver. Josh McDaniels has failed twice. That's why he's got to be careful taking the third job. I mean, Matt Patricia, obviously with Detroit, Vrabel yep. with the Colts. So there's a lot of Belichick disciples out there. Exactly. And so uh, as far as Mike McCarthy's concerned, it was funny because during the break uh, they've been playing – this clip from the odd couple with Chris Broussard and, and Rob Parker. And I thought Chris brought up a really good point, And I agree with it is that sometimes look, it, is it the coach's fault? Is it not the coach's fault? How much is it? Sometimes a, a group of professionals just gets tired of hearing the same voice. And that's what it feels like with the Packers right now. Now I don't, I don't think they're as talented as a lot of teams. I think it's, it's clear that outside of Aaron Rodgers, uh, there is a big talent void, but I also just, it feels stale. It feels like we've been down this road. It feels like we're coming to the end with McCarthy. All right. Cowboys Falcons. Though, as we get back to that, um, I think the Cowboys are in a, big problem here. I think Falcons can win this one by two, three touchdowns. And I've been saying this about the Falcons every week, so eventually I'm going to be right once. Um, I expect them to, to explode all over the Cowboys. Cowboys don't have enough offense to keep up with Atlanta. I totally agree, and and obviously with and it's not only that they don't have enough offense, but they don't have enough offense to expose Atlanta's weakness, which is their defense, which uh, made Baker Mayfield look like a, a an all timer last week when I think he completed what like thir- his first thirteen passes or something like that. Um, so to me, not only is Atlanta's offense uh, full of firepower. I just think that that Dallas's offense isn't going to be able to do enough against that weak Atlanta defense to kind of keep up. By the way, not a sexy week in the NFL. You know what I mean? Not not a lot of monster matchups. Maybe three, four tops, but otherwise not a great weekend in the NFL. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I know that we get these weeks where a lot of teams have buys, but we have six teams on a buy this week. None of them outside of New England are very good, but I think not having that marquee Patriots game – Obviously, I think, look, love them or hate them, Cleveland is interesting because of Baker Mayfield. They're also on a bye. I wonder if that's maybe part of why it feels like it's not as high profile because the Patriots aren't playing, the team that has the number one pick isn't playing. I think that might be part of it, too. Carolina and the Lions. Um, Carolina is 6-3 and three now. They've come back to earth a little bit. Detroit, I thought, would be a little bit better than the 3-6 and six record they bring into this game. Uh, another big game for Carolina here. Uh, they might not win the division now, but they certainly need a win to keep pace with all the other wild card teams. And Cam Newton quietly having a pretty good year. Yeah, and if you look at the the uh, Panther schedule, sneaky tough down the stretch. They play the Seahawks next week. Seahawks obviously playing really good football coming off that Thursday night win. Still two games against the Saints and a game against the Falcons. Not saying they're gonna gonna top the Saints and win this division. But a lot of tough games ahead. This isn't one that you can lose, especially to a, a Lions team that's reeling. Arnie, I said it three or four weeks ago, but when the Lions started trading very valuable pieces at the trade deadline, I felt like it was a bad message to send to the team, and it's been reflected with three straight losses. The Titans are fresh off that great victory over the Patriots where they not only won, they dominated them. They did it with defense. Now they got to play the Colts on the road, and look who's hot all of a sudden. The Colts and Andrew Luck, who now with a win get back to 500. 
I got to tell you, I was wrong about this one. I said, oh, Andrew Luck, this guy, no way. His career is done. And then when they took him out of the game because he couldn't reach the end zone on a Hail Mary from like the 50-yard line, like, there's still problems with him. He's turned it around. He has been phenomenal this year. I was going to say, it's amazing how well a guy can play football when he doesn't have a lacerated kidney, huh? Or a yeah. lacerated spleen or whatever it was. But no, I mean, they're playing well. This is a, like a really interesting division to me. I mean, there's some where teams are running away with the division, the Rams and the NFC West. There are divisions that are just boring, like the NFC East. No offense to your Giants. Sorry about that. Uh, but this one, it's like, it, it feels like even though Houston's playing really good football, that Tennessee's in the mix, Indy playing well. I'm just curious, both teams playing really well right now. Who's going to have the edge and who's going to kind of keep pace with Houston in this division? Tampa Bay and the Giants, do we even have to discuss that? And even though I'm a Giants fan, I have no interest in this game. Eli Manning will finish out the year, and I think they'll have to move on from him uh, for next year. It's just been a miserable two-year stretch for them. And Tampa, which got off to a hot start, um, obviously they've got to move on from Jameis Winston. I'm curious to see if there's another team willing to pay him the big money. Yeah, it was funny watching that Giants game last last week, where it was very clear that everyone other than Eli Manning got the memo that were, uh, you know, you're not supposed to be winning games. Yeah, right exactly. Now. And, and Eli, so uh, no, there's there's not a ton to look forward to here. The only thing I'd say is this, by the way, how about the Tampa Bay Bucks? 500 yards of total offense and three points last week yeah. against the Redskins. Almost impossible to do that. I was going to say, I don't know if I've ever heard that. I don't think I've ever heard no, that. No, that's the first time that's ever happened. Okay. Well, that, well yeah. then I definitely haven't heard it then. There you go. Uh, we'll come back. We'll continue going through all the games. We'll get our picks coming up at about 45 past the hour. First, though, let's check in with DeSager to see what's trending out there. What's going on, DeSager? Well, first off, NFL notes. Keep in mind that for Sunday's schedule this weekend, we have five games inside Dome Stadiums. We have three games on the East Coast in 40-degree-plus weather tomorrow. Those are the games with the Ravens and Redskins home games, Giants with a home game on Sunday. The Sunday night game is going to be colder than that because it's the Bears at home Sunday night hosting the Vikings. That'll be around freezing, roughly 32 degrees. And then, of course, no Mexico City Monday night. It's the Rams hosting in L.A. against the Chiefs. As for the college football games in progress, eighth-ranked Washington State scored 55 points in the first half, still leading over Arizona. It's now 55-20. 28 early Come in the back. fourth quarter. Great news for Utah. They could be in the Pac-12 final. Arizona State still losing. Early fourth quarter, ASU down 28-16 at Ooh. Oregon. 19th-ranked Utah won its game in the snow today, 30-7 at uh, Colorado. The Utes were down 7 nothing early. But Utah next week plays rival BYU and then maybe the Pac-12 final after that. They just need Arizona State to lose a game. As for this Washington State crew, They've got the Apple Cup against rival and 18th-ranked Washington next week. That's next Friday night on Fox TV with Washington State, the home team, to decide the Pac-12 North. Washington Huskies won their game over Oregon State today. Also in progress right now, BYU ahead 45-10 early fourth against New Mexico State. Fresno State is holding on with three and a half minutes to go at home up 23-14 on San Diego State. And final seconds of the third quarter, UNLV leads at Hawaii 21-13. There was an overtime game in the SEC tonight with Vanderbilt beating Ole Miss. Number one, Alabama is 11-0 after its game against Citadel. Bama was actually tied early third quarter 10-10. 50 to 17 as Bama then scored Yeesh. five straight touchdowns. The Citadel as a team 0 for 2 passing today. 
60 rushing plays. Alabama running back Damian Harris left with a concussion. Undefeated Bama hosts Auburn next week and then plays Georgia in the SEC title game. Number five, Georgia got to play Massachusetts today. Oh, big game there. Bulldogs with over 700 yards of offense and never punted. Georgia led 42-10 late in the first half, 66-27 the final. Number two, Clemson is 11-0. Trailed 6-0 early, but still beat Duke 35-6. A combined 18 punts in that game tonight. Clemson wide receiver Hunter Renfro left with a head injury, but the team said afterwards he could have come back in. The Yankee Stadium today game was dominated by number three, Notre Dame, over 12th-ranked Syracuse, 36-3. So the Irish 11-0. They close the season at USC next Saturday night. SC now 5-6 after blowing a lead in the fourth and losing at rival UCLA today. Number four, Michigan beat Indiana 31 to 20. Michigan was six for six on field goals, all from 33 yards and in. Michigan's defeated Indiana 23 straight times. Ohio State's beaten Indiana 24 straight times. Wow. Michigan's at Ohio State next Saturday, Fox TV, noon Eastern to decide the Big Ten East. Number six, Oklahoma's at West Virginia Friday night. That winner goes to the Big 12 title game. Sooners beat Kansas 55 to 40. Sooners allowed 40 points or more now three straight weeks. Big 12 title game is going to be against Texas, likely, if Texas can beat Kansas Friday on FS1. Longhorns with an impressive home win and a top-20 matchup tonight, 24-10 over Iowa State. Longhorns quarterback Sam Ellinger left with a shoulder injury, though. Oklahoma State with two late TDs beat number 9 West Virginia. 10th-ranked Ohio State had to go overtime to win 52-51 at Maryland. Central Florida, ranked 11th, is undefeated after whipping Cincinnati 38-13. Victories for Florida and Penn State, for Kentucky and for Florida. Florida State, which got a late long touchdown pass to beat number 20 Boston College, 22-21. In college hoops, Furman, a team that won at yeah. Final Four Loyola Chicago about a week ago, beat them by two. Furman beat defending champion Villanova in overtime today. And in the NBA at Charlotte, Kemba Walker, 60 points, but an overtime loss to Philadelphia as Jimmy Butler hit the game-winning three in the final second. Dallas beat Golden State. All right, thanks a lot to Sagers. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Just go to geico.com or give them a call at 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, that would be figuring out which way is easier. By the way, Aaron, real quick, did you know if you wanted to bet the Alabama Citadel game straight up without the point spread, you would have to bet $0.07 to win $100 on Citadel to win the game. Guess how much you would have to bet to win $100 on Alabama? Ooh, just to uh, win the game. Just to win the game, $100. Yeah. To win $100, I will guess $5,000. Let me tell you something. If it was $5,000, I would have called in sick, flown out to Vegas, <laughs> sold all my worldly possessions, and put it on Alabama to win the game. Try seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars to win a hundred. Wow. There was one better rumored to, be, to have bet one point five million dollars to Two win two hundred dollars. Wow, that deserves an Arnie Spanier. Wow. Yeah. Now somebody said, "Why would you do that?" And I guess the the, the person who's going to uh, rename it anonymous said, "Because I can." So <laughs> there you go. Why else would you bet $1.5 million to win $200, Aaron? Tell me. Uh, I, I, Even I if can't. you had the money, why would you do that? 
I don't know. I, because I, you're dead. I, there you go. Yeah, I, I would say I, if I had that $1.5 I could think of uh, more creative ways to spend it than uh, or, or betting. Or different things to gamble on than betting it just to win $200. You can't even get a good lunch uh, for that. So um, what is so yeah. what is that odds wise? So so seventy five, what would it have been seventy five thousand to one? The one, yeah. Okay, like that. cool. Uh, by the way, real quick on on the NBA, what did you think of the way this whole Kevin Durant, uh, Draymond Green situation came down? And I was watching that replay over and over again, and sure, Draymond Green should have given up the ball, but where exactly? You know, once he started dribbling up. He fumbled it out of bounds. He couldn't have gotten it to Kevin Durant. So what is this all about? He got suspended because he said bad things about Durant or because he didn't give him the ball. What, what's happening here? It's unbelievable to watch. And we all knew like this wasn't going to last forever. But the, the crazy thing to me, we know Draymond Green's a hothead, but he's the one that recruited Kevin Durant to right. Golden State. But why so, suspend him? Because they I had agree. an exchange of words. Uh, I got to be honest with you. There's been other words that other players have used uh, with, with some of their teammates that don't get suspended. I totally agree. I thought it was the wrong message to send from management. It was very clear that um, you know they were favoring Kevin Durant, and even if Draymond Green crossed the line. I have no doubt in my mind that he said other stuff through the years that crossed the line. <laughs> this to me, yeah, I was going to say this to me, and I'll open it to you if you feel the same way, Arnie. This to me felt like a team that feels like it's losing grip on its superstar player. Draymond Green's points were kind of well taken, by the way, is that Kevin Durant isn't really shying away from this free agency talk. It felt to me like the Warriors feel like they're losing grip on this guy, and this was kind of a, a Hail Mary to keep him happy for the time being. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. I don't think he's coming back either way, whether they would have suspended uh, Draymond Green or not. Uh, I think he's done, and he's ready to move on. Do you? Uh, yeah, oh yeah. I was, I was going to say, no, you, Mr. Knicks fan, do you buy that KD to the Knicks is like ever is, is, is remotely even possible? Oh, I, I buy it's remotely possible. I don't think he's going to go there, though. What's he going to do? Go to Washington, where he's from? Uh, you Clippers. Know, the, the Celtics were rumored uh, last year, or excuse me, you know, last time this all came around, but now they've got Kyrie. Uh, I'm not sure where he could end up, but you know, New York's still a iconic franchise. They've just been down in the dumps. He's he's got to pick a team to finish out his career. I still think maybe the Lakers are the strongest possibility. People are saying the Clippers, they're going to have two max salary spots. Maybe he brings in, I mean, I guess at this point, uh, Kawhi is probably the best realistic option, but I don't think Kawhi, again, wants to play second fiddle to anybody. We heard that months ago when he was uh, rumored to be, you know, the Lakers were rumored to be trying to get him. Uh, I think it would be fascinating. I think it'd be. Fa- I think wherever he goes, it's going to be fascinating. I'm with you as I don't think he wants to stay with the Warriors. I don't know that he can go to the Lakers because if he goes to the Lakers, isn't it the exact same thing? Like if he wins a championship, then it's oh, it's because he's with LeBron. It's kind of you're right. It's kind of like the same situation if he goes to the Lakers, but this time he's coming with NBA championships and a little bit more to add. We got to get back to the NFL because the Texans Uh, are taking on the Redskins, the first place Washington Redskins. Now, have you ever seen a team like the Texans win six games in a row and we still think that they're not a very good team? This is like the battle of respect ball because the Redskins are in first place. They don't get respect. The Texans have won six in a row. They don't get respect. Who gets respect after this one? 
Well, I think the Texans get the respect, but I'm totally with you. Is it's funny you were like, well, the Texans six wins six wins in a row, they don't get respect. I'm like, what about the Redskins? I mean, I first of all, can I just ask? What is the highlight of the Redskins season so far? Because I can't ever remember a more nondescript first-place team through more than half the season. Oh, and did you hear that they haven't been in first place by themselves in Week 10 in the NFL since 1991? I find that hard really? to believe. Yeah, is that crazy? Is that, that's the stat of all stats. Who would have thought that, huh? Well, especially because the NFC East, there's some crazy stat to Sager probably knows off the top of his head, but they haven't had a re- a, re- a repeat champ in right. like 15 years, right? Well, I so, always said they they have. If you, I think to go from worst to first in the division, I believe in the last 18 years they've had 27 teams to go from worst to first. <laughs> the NFC East, okay, that's no, some, no, not the uh, NFC East, just all football in the NFL together. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, that's some Arizona to, math right there. Yeah, well, it's very easy to go from, not easy, but people go from worst to first. But anyway, you're, you were saying about the Redskins. No, I, I just, I, I just, I can't remember a team that has this kind of win-loss record. I don't remember anything that has happened worth noting with this team all year. I just think they're a really nondescript team. They play great defense. Adrian Peterson is obviously uh, playing uh, better than any of us thought. Alex Smith playing well, but obviously the offense is limited. Somehow, though, they're sitting here at 6-3. and three. I'm just saying, when you look at teams, like like what name any team. You can think of moments of, of the season. I just can't think of a single no thing. No defining moment a, for the Redskins, but yeah, that's because I, they play in the very weak uh, yeah. NFC East. So that... I, yeah. yeah, I was going to say maybe that Cowboys win with the, the field goal at the last second, but other than that, I'm just I'm just blanking on anything memorable from this uh, Redskins season, not that their fans care. All right, we'll come back. We'll finish out taking a look at Week 11 of the NFL. We'll give our picks also. That is coming up next. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier, here on Fox Sports Radio. This segment brought to you by Discover Card. That's because we treat you like you'd treat you. Discover Card. Washington State just scored another touchdown to rub it in our face. They passed it in so they could set a record, a school record of seven touchdowns in the game. They're up 69-28 over my Wildcats. I'm disgusted now. They're rubbing it in our face in it, uh, Torres. Uh, I don't know what to tell you, Arnie. I really you don't. Watching, yeah, you stopped watching that a long time ago. I promise you that. You're yeah, like, mainly because yeah. I don't have a TV in this yeah. studio here You're in lucky San Diego. you don't have a TV. That's why. Uh, let's get ready for our NFL picks. Bobo, give us a little music. Uh, get us in the mood. And let's start at the top. Where I mentioned this when we were talking about this game earlier. I'm still waiting for Atlanta to just bust open. I don't think Dallas is going to be able to keep track with them offensively. Dallas, really, at 4-5, and five, they're playing to save Jason Garrett's life or job. I don't think they can do it. Atlanta, I think, wins this one by a couple of touchdowns, maybe two to three. I'll lay the three and a half with the Falcons over the uh, Cowboys. Uh, First game, I am going with your beloved Giants, Arnie. Wow. How about about those G-Men? No, I'm going with that game as in I'm talking about it, but I'm not actually taking the G-Men who uh, opened at minus one. Now they're down to minus three. I don't see it. I don't get it. Tampa, as I said, 500 yards of total offense. It only equated to three points last week. I think the offense stays hot. I think they actually get in the end zone. I like Tampa and the points in that one. You mentioned this to Vegas runner. 
Philadelphia has been a big disappointment. But the Saints, after that opening game, they've turned it around. Now I got to lay seven and a half. That's a lot of lumber, and that's a bad number, too, because of the seven and the hook. But you know what? Philadelphia can't keep up with them. Give me the Saints minus the seven and a half. That was actually my next game as well, Arnie. Wow. The Yeah, I was going to say the bottom line is it's funny. We keep waiting for the Saints to drop off, right? They have that big win of two weeks ago against the Rams. We think they're playing at Cincinnati. They're going to drop off. What do they do? They put up 50-plus points. They are coming back to New Orleans. They are playing a Philly team that can't figure themselves out. I don't think 7.5. I feel totally comfortable putting my money on the Saints, who are playing phenomenal football right now. I'm all over the Chargers against Denver. Chargers, again, bad number here with seven, but it's not the hook. I think they have enough offense to pull away from Denver, who, let's face it, another disappointing year. I don't think they'll be able to go ahead and and, and keep up with them also. Give me the Chargers minus the seven. I actually disagree with you, Arnie. Thank goodness we finally are here. Yes. Look, the the Chargers, uh, two weeks ago, the Seahawks could have won. Russell Wilson had that throw at the end of the game to potentially win it. The ball gets dropped. Chargers survive. They're sloppy against the Raiders last week. Denver coming off a bye. I would feel different under normal circumstances, but they are coming off that bye, and they could have won that game against the Texans. Last-minute field goal go, you know, gets missed because of it. I like the Chargers to lose to get upset against the Broncos tomorrow. And once again, the big game of the Week 11, the Monday night game. Kansas City taking on the Rams. Kansas City, a three-and-a-half-point dog in this one. Rams opened up minus one. Now they're up to three-and-a-half, over on the 63-and-a-half. I like the Chiefs. I'm going to take the three-and-a-half. I think that's a bad number. And if I was forced to take the over under, Aaron, I think I'm going to take the over 63-and-a-half. I am with you, Arnie. All I'll say is what I said a few segments ago is that this Rams defense, for all the big names they have struggled, gave up 27 to Green Bay, 45 to New Orleans, 31 at home to the Seahawks last week. This defense is struggling. Bad team to play, even at home. I like the Chiefs straight up to win this game. All right, we got to thank the crew. Thanks to Bobo. Thanks to Vincent, uh, who is our new producer. Uh, And he took over right where the last producer left off, doing nothing. So we want to thank him. Uh, Always. uh, Why are you such a hater? I'm a hater. And Steve DeSager with all the updates. Now, coming up next, straight out of Vegas, our buddies. Uh, R.J. Bell, Bernie Fratto, love listening to them, love getting the Vegas perspective, especially after the college football games on Saturday. So stick around for the guys straight out of Vegas. For Aaron Torres, I'm Marty Spanier, Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.